What's up, everybody? It's Adam at Wayfinder. Hope everyone's having a great day. It's a beautiful June day here in Dallas. Uh, we are living life to the fullest. Things are crazy outside, but you guys know that. It's June 2020. I don't know when you're hearing this, but whenever you look back at June of 2020, if you were there, you're going to know it was a crazy time. Uh, this episode is with... Uh, my buddy, David Whitehead, DW Truth Warrior, one of my favorite researchers, great guy, um, fellow occultist and student of comparative religions and ancient civilizations and um, a geopolitical analyst and uh, consultant on all kinds of things research related. So I always love the opportunity to talk to David. He's got such a, a great uh, perspective into uh, geopolitics and the real reason that things happen the way they do. We peel back the curtain in this episode. We talk about the bogus coronavirus pandemic because that's what it is. If you don't believe me, just listen to this episode. We talk about uh, the the death of George Floyd, the, uh, the, the murder on camera that took place, uh, and then the riots that followed that. Uh, anyway, all kinds of stuff. Lots of information, as always, whenever we're talking to David, things are always going to get deep and wide. And so without any further ado, I'll just turn it over to the episode. It's an awesome visit. Can't wait to share it with you guys. Without further ado, here we go. David Whitehead, DW Truth Warrior on Wayfinder. Dude, how are how are you guys doing up there north of the border, eh? Eh, well, it's not getting any better in Canada <laughs> as much as I wish it was. Um, I'm rather envious of the drama that's happening in the United States because at least you've got some red-blooded, freedom-loving human beings over there that are at least trying to do something. Over here, there's just we do have people that are uh, are waking up, but unfortunately, getting any kind of mass action together to resist the many, many draconian and tyrannical laws that our prime minister uh, is putting in place during this pandemic lockdown. Justin Castro. Uh, Justin Castro, Twinkle Toes, I love my socks, Trudeau. Um, nobody's really, I'm not getting that sense that there's a huge awakening in Canada. I'm, and that's a sad thing. And I, I wish, I hope I'm wrong. Maybe people are going to be like, no, Dave, you're wrong. There's another 10 people over there in Manitoba that just, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Isn't it funny though? Show like, me. I need hope. You never really know because like you start to wonder, like sometimes I'll think, is it just me and my timeline on social media that I'm aware of? Like, am I, am I oblivious to like the, the greater world? And like, sometimes I've got to pull myself off my uh, social media, out of my office, out of the studio, and like go walk around the city and just go meet people and talk to people, which is hard to do during quarantine, which we're off of now. But um, you do wonder sometimes. You're like, how many people are really aware of how messed up all this is? How many people are becoming more uh, awake to the fact that there's a lot of lot of fuckery going on? There is. And, you know, as I'm saying that rather pessimistic uh, view of what's going on in Canada, that's just my frustration, folks. Um, <laughs> that's just my frustration of saying we shouldn't have even got to this point. Um, but anyways, 
I also, on the same note, on the other side of that, I would say that I actually do feel very optimistic. I, I, I am very encouraged. Um, I'm in a fortunate position to be interacting with people all over the world. I've never used Google Translate as much as I've been using it in these last few months. Um, and I'm, ex I'm extremely grateful for all the amazing people that have been uh, following the work that I've been doing on my channels, who have been supporting me, who've been sending me great questions, who've been sending me great information, who've been sending me disinformation, because you need a contrast, you need to be able to analyze it all. Um, I mean, I'm even grateful for all the trolls, man. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic because I do feel like there is a mass awakening happening, at least more than we've seen. I, I've been doing this for a long time, and I have had my moments of, oh, I think this is it. I think this is when the world's mm -hmm. waking up and we're going to crash this entire system of horrible evil to the ground. And they're like, no, not yet. And uh, so now I'm seeing an opportunity, as many are, with this lockdown, where we can actually have these kind of discussions. We can share information freely, well, as free as possible. Hopefully that starts to lighten up uh, with the censorship. But um, we are able to have this conversation globally and really uh, collate all of our research and our information. And I'm seeing people, at the very least, waking up to the basics of the facts that they can't trust the media, number one. I think that's been demonstrably shown to the entire world. And I, if you still are sitting there in front of your television and shaking and quivering in fear every single day, you need to just turn that shit off and you need to tune into the people who are giving you the real news and the real information, the real uh, truth seekers out there that are trying to help inform you about what's going on. I don't claim, and I don't think anybody really is claiming to have all the answers um, or to know exactly what's happening, but we're getting much more of a handle on things as things move on. And all I can say is I'm happy to see people paying attention. So whether everybody's waking up on different levels, but at least now everybody's paying attention. I mean, number one thing that I would like to point to is weren't we just all talking about the whole virus for a while? Like, aren't we locked up right now still? Like they're starting to open up stuff, but now there's like all of America is erupting in civil unrest, riots and protests where people are exchanging all kinds of bodily fluids uh, like you wouldn't believe. And I, I don't think anybody's uh, going by the social distancing guidelines. And um, I'm, I'm waiting, man. I'm waiting for the announcement that we've had a resurgence of the virus due to the protests and riots and that we're all probably doomed or whatever, because that's probably where the media is going to go next. But <laughs> anyway, I digress. I think I digress. That's... there's so much to cover. Dude, no, I was, I was thinking that same thing the other day. Like, it's just going to be a matter of time before they come uh, start dropping like the upgraded coronavirus into all these protest groups, you know? Yeah. Give us about 30 days and everybody's going to be running around with like the actual zombie plague this time. They're like, see, we told you, motherfuckers, stay locked in your house yeah, indefinitely, and you didn't do it, you yeah. know? Here you go. Here's Super AIDS. Super AIDS. <laughs> well, I mean... They're trying everything they can. And by they, I mean the people that want to see the ruin of the concept of freedom. Like, it, I have no other way of looking at it. And every time I talk about this and I'm like, guys, you can't trust the media. You can't trust many of your officials. You, you know, there's so much more going on. There's, there's a, a massive war happening amongst the experts, which already should be a red flag to you because if this was cut and dry and this was easy to understand the way they try to report it to you, why are the top experts at MIT, Oxford, uh, universities in Germany, um, all over the world, why are they questioning the narrative that the media is telling you more and more and more? Why do we have 
people uh, coming out of, say, even the New England Journal of Medicine saying hey, we can't really trust any of the medical science that's been done in the last 10 years. It's 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 loaded with fraud and, and all kinds of missing data. And there's there is no consensus the way people are told. And you've got all kinds of other statements like that. And I've been doing these little campfire episodes on my channel and just kind of taking people through a lot of these different things and then asking questions like I did a campfire episode uh, the other night where someone had sent me a question. Well, if that's true, Dave, if they're lying to us and there's all these conspiracies and all this dark, evil criminality happening, what's the motive? What's the motive for the lies? Why would they lie to us? Why would they want to see uh, the destruction of American cities? Why would they want to see American cities burn to the ground? Why? What's the question. motive? What's the motive? And that's the so I spent two and a half hours by a campfire trying to answer it. I did the best I could. <laughs> um, there's no easy answer. But um, I always tell people, look, aside from the motive, which we can always talk about and there's tons of things we can bring up there, just realize that it's happening. And that's the place to start. These people have their own motives and we'll have to get to that another time. But regardless, like we've had numerous instances where top journalists and mainstream media outlets were literally caught red handed during this last three months reporting completely, totally fake news that was proven to be not just wrong, not just an error in reporting, but like intentionally but staged and set up fraudulently. Exactly. Exactly. Like yeah. they're, they're right now on MSNBC, they are playing clips from World War Z footage, the, the movie World War Z. If you watch the movie World War Z and you watch actually the trailer, just go on YouTube, watch the trailer. There's some scenes in there that are actually being copied and pasted into the MSNBC broadcast. We had situations with CBS News three times, three separate times. They were caught literally splicing old footage Shut and footage. Up out of context, well, well, hospitals and, and uh, in Italy and all that. And on and on we could go, man. I'm sure you've got many examples as well. No, that's amazing, dude. Honestly, I, I don't. And that's why I wanted to get on the hook with you today, because this is sort of my, um, you know, last you and I talked, that was like right at the beginning of the Corona thing. Mm. And it was it was I was bound and determined to do like one episode on coronavirus and everything. And then I just was going to see where it went. And I did that. And uh, we, you know, we've we've got a little farm. We went and hid out on the farm and played with the animals and worked in the garden and kind of just stayed away from everything for three months. Um, I would just go go to like the home improvement store and stuff a couple times a week to get things and and that's how I would see people like the 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 progress of the fear mongering and see like there was only three or four people the first day that had a face mask on, and then mm -hmm. like three or four weeks later. 80% of the people have a face mask and then 95% of the people have a face mask and two, three months into quarantine, everyone's looking at me like I'm pointing a rifle at their face if I'm not wearing a face mask. So I saw the, the, the like the advancement of that whole agenda, but I saw it at a distance because I don't live in the middle of town, but I have friends who like live in downtown Dallas and everything was shut down and it was a ghost town and it was like the, uh, the opening scene of V for Vendetta, you know, you get caught out <laughs> after after dark and the uh, the finger men like corner you in a back alley and try to take your pants off or something you know it was pretty pretty bleak um but now coming out of this as much as i've tried to isolate from it dude the frustration set in just mm -hmm. watching the fear and watching the people that were um reacting to it in such a such a sheepish way right like people who began to see their fear as a virtue. And like, if you're not afraid, then you're a murderer. You're like, how dare you not be afraid? Never not be afraid. Um, 
And so, you know, you're, you've always been, um, as long as I've been following your, your page and your channels, like you've always been like a good source of, of, um, you know, good discriminant information. You're, you're, you're going through and checking things and you're looking at stuff and you're, um, you're making, making good calls on what you post and how you post it. And I, I like your insights. And so that's why I wanted to do this with you now is because we haven't, we, we, we've gone three months or so since our last conversation. The world has changed, right? Oh my God, yeah. The world has changed through the coronavirus thing and, and through us seeing what people are willing to do when the government and the media tells them to. And then now we've got these riots all over the country um, because the police won't stop killing people, <laughs> particularly yeah. people of color. Um, and it's a bizarre thing because I'm sitting here wondering what is the next play and uh, whether it's dropping off a new virus uh, or sending in the troops for martial law. But at this point, time and time again, what I'm seeing down here is, um, first of all, there was no outbreak of coronavirus here. Uh, there just wasn't. I think places like New York City may have had um, an outbreak, from what I understand, like it may have. Um, but my whole family, all, or not all my family, but a lot of my family and friends and the company that I, um, that I run, we work in healthcare. It's what we do. We are in hospitals every day. My ex-wife is a nurse practitioner. She works in the ICU. She works in the ER um, at one of the biggest hospitals in Dallas. Uh, I have friends of mine that own hospitals here here in Dallas, and uh, we operate in hospitals all over the country and, and here in Dallas as well. Uh, our hospitals were bone dry. All my friends in the hospitals got laid off. All the nurses, all of the uh, the, really? L, the LVNs, they all got laid off. They were it was, it was a ghost town down here. They brought in the National Guard. They brought in 500 troops to set up a field hospital here at the Dallas Convention Center. Um, I don't know if that got done or not, but my, my buddy who's a chef here got the contract at the hotel downtown at the Omni Hotel for feeding these 500 troops every day. So he was feeding them in the morning and he was feeding them lunch. And um, he told me that the, the troops were here and I was like, oh shit, here we go. It's time for the boogaloo, you know? But uh, nothing ever happened with it. So there was no outbreak. There was, there was, um, we have 7 million people in the Dallas-Fort Worth, what we call a metroplex. Um, and it's a huge sort of compound city and suburban area. So there's 7 million people here. And even with all of the inflated numbers and the inflated death counts and, you know, even my ex-wife telling me like, yeah, we're absolutely putting death, cause of death is COVID on every car accident, every gunshot, every everything that's going out is getting labeled a COVID death, point blank period, coming from a person who is signing death certificates. Right. Wow. So who's who's my own family member, the mother of my children, and all the people around. Um, That's incredible. So with all of the inflated death counts and all of that stuff, we still had just over a thousand corona deaths. Corona deaths out of seven. So that's a thousand. Seven that's a thousand. So you're saying a thousand is inflated. That that's is the, the that's the inflated number. That's the hyperinflated number. Is a thousand out of seven million, and. Mm -hmm. Again, coming from my ex-wife, who, as the mother of my children, we still talk constantly, several times a week. We have a good relationship, um, and uh, she knows I work in healthcare, of course, and and I know she does. So you know, we we keep each other in the loop about how things are going because in the, in the beginning of this thing, we were like, man, what's going to happen? You know, is this the depopulation agenda at work? Are they about to wipe everybody out with World War Z or what? And this thing fell so flat. So she's at one of the biggest. Um, 
hospitals here in Dallas, uh, owned by HCA, which is Hospital Corporation of America. It's the biggest hospital company in the world, as far as I know. Um, and they make these big, huge mega hospitals, and that's where she works. Um, and uh, as a nurse practitioner down here, you're basically almost a doctor. I mean, she can write prescriptions. She can, you know, do all the things a doctor can do except for perform surgery, basically. And so she was in charge of part of, you know, what they were going to call part of the COVID floor. And the COVID floor ended up being three or four COVID patients um, mm. over the course of three or four months. Um, but out of those three or four actual COVID patients, and she showed me the x-rays of, of the lungs of these patients of, that actually had what I would call the real coronavirus and it's hor right. it's horrific um yeah. what happens and the way it ravages the lungs and the way that it moves is completely unnatural and um uh, but she had three or four of those patients or maybe five or six of those patients over three or four months but in that time they turned out you know a hundred plus covid deaths according to the death certificates because if their symptoms were looking anything like covid if there was any suspicions of covid or any of that stuff to be safe, they had to make sure and, and keep those numbers, you know, as high as they could. Did they, So you're saying those three or four patients that she, uh, she believes actually had it, did they all die from it or did they survive? I don't remember if all of them did or not, but mm -hmm. I know that the ones that, that she mentioned to me, like particularly, they were all, uh, all of them except for one were old. Um, really old, like in their 80s, mm -hmm. and not doing well. She was very right. clear about that. There was one that she she said I think was like a 40-year-old man, um, and, and that one worried her a little bit. But uh, even she said, you know, that all being said, his age isn't everything, right? You can be a really, really unhealthy person at 40 years old and live on McDonald's and smoke cigarettes all day long. And I know a few of those people for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Life so, is hard. Yeah, it is. So, so you know... Um, those people got it, but there's like no record of any children having it. Um, she is a pretty careful person and, and, you know, educated and she had no concerns about our, our kids getting it, um, or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, it was anyone who dies gets a COVID diagnosis. That's just how it goes down here. And, and it's how it's been everywhere as far as I can tell. Um, and so out of these, you know, hyperinflated, these thousand COVID deaths in this 7 million person, um, you know, metropolitan area, uh, she at one of the biggest hospitals in Dallas saw five or six. And so who, where are those other, if she's at one of the biggest hospitals and there's five or six COVID deaths and there's a thousand in this area, I don't know where they're coming from is what I'm saying. They're, I don't know where they're coming from because all of my friends who are in these hospitals who are either pharmaceutical reps or, or um, medical equipment reps or uh, LVNs or contractors of various kinds, they all got laid off. They all got laid off. These things are empty. The hospitals are empty. The caregivers are going home. Even my ex-wife was, you know, like, man, you know, I'm not really getting as much, you know, as many hours in. Um, they're sending everybody home. There's just nothing to do. So this whole thing seems really fabricated. And then, you know, you got to look at, like, why, why then? Anytime someone lies to you, you got to ask why. Yeah. Right? There's, there's got to be some sort of reasoning for why. And um, I think you and I both feel like there's, there's sort of a totalitarian agenda here and and the more we can get the more we can get people to we can like test the water and see how many people will do whatever we say no matter what how many people will turn and police their neighbors um you know how, how well can we weaponize fear and virtue as a package deal 
so that yeah. like the more more afraid you are, the more virtuous you are, and then you start wanting to police your your neighbors and all that stuff. So it seems to have been a really effective psyop, um, but it's it's bizarre to me how it just rolled into this this race war all of a sudden um, with uh, with the, uh, the tragic and horrific um, killing of uh, of George Floyd. But now there's all kinds of crazy shit happening around that, you know. Mm-hmm. Are you are, are you seeing the seeing the the videos of them like they're dropping off pallets of someone's dropping off pallets of bricks in front yeah. of the courthouse and shit? It's like, what what do you make of all that? Are you following the riots and all that stuff down here? Yeah, let let's do it step by step because there's so many point you, good points you're bringing up, and I'm glad you brought some um, firsthand accounts of what's going on in the medical system there because that's who I've been trying to talk to as well as people who are on the inside. When I first started critiquing the whole uh, pandemic thing. Right away, people are like, "Oh, go talk to the, go talk to the people on the front lines." And so I'm like, "Okay." And I started talking to people on the front lines, and they're telling me the same thing you're telling me. And then people are like, "Well, you got to trust trust the experts. The medical experts know more because you're not a medical expert. So you should just trust all the people that are medical experts because they know what's best." I'm like, "Okay, I'll go trust the medical experts." Um, here's 174 medical experts that disagree with what the media is saying and what the 30 experts that are being handpicked by the World Health Organization are saying about all of this stuff. What do I do now? You know, like, and I've, I've, got, I've gone every, there was like, I think a solid week where every day on my Facebook page, I was clipping a different direct quote from a journal, from an article, from a transcript of an interview, something that was, um, a, a lot of them were in German or uh, Swedish or different languages, Indian, and I had to, do Google Translate, pull it out of the journal, plop it onto my Facebook, and I posted three or four of those every single day, and I could have kept going. And then I would do podcasts where I'd read lists of the reams of them, and I would play clips of uh, of all these different experts talking about how there's something going on here that isn't right. And the 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 so the way I would look at it is, I believe there was a virus, most certainly, and I believe that there's a lot more to that virus than just something that jumped from a bat to a human by in some wet market somewhere, mm-hmm. okay? But I don't think that it was as deadly as either whoever released it was hoping or uh, perhaps it was an accident and they were trying to cover up the accident. You know, we have all talked about the theories mm-hmm. about that. But either way, it wasn't as deadly as the media made it out to be. The same thing happened with swine flu. The same thing happened with H1N1. In fact, H- swine... Uh, CV, coronavirus, has a long way to go to catch up to H1N1 um, and other things. So uh, I was just like, okay, let's compare the death rates. Let's look at what are we all dying from on a regular basis? And why then are we selecting this particular threat as the thing that we're going to bubble tape and bubble wrap the entire world, lock it down, uh, plunge the world into a mental health crisis that I think we're only yet to get fully like a full grasp on? The numbers of suicides have picked up 350% in the last two months. Uh, the amount of calls and helplines, kid help phones, teen help phones have increased dramatically because anxiety levels are skyrocketing. People are overdosing on drugs and alcohol and specifically pharmaceutically, pharmaceutical drugs that have been prescribed to them. Um, there's all, there's an upticks in abuses at homes. You know, in children with children, there's a, a massive catastrophic blow that's been delivered to the economy that affects everybody, all of us, all around the world, except for certain people who are actually making money right now. So then I start asking all these questions and I go, when you put it all together, 
you are in your right to question what you're being told. Uh, we don't really know the full answer and we're trying to figure it out and that's what I'm doing. But I'm saying we have the right to question. The fact, the other thing is that, look, when you have that many experts, and we're not just talking about a couple frilly doctors from here and there, we're talking top of the line people, right? Like I got like that one, Marcia Angle, who was uh, an editor at the New England Journal of Medicine for two decades. You've got um, all kinds of doctors. Um, Dr. John Oxford, he's an English virologist and professor at Queen's Mary University in London. He's the leading expert on influenza, including bird flu and the 1918 Spanish influenza and HIV AIDS. And he's he's saying the same thing. This whole thing was made in a lab. This whole thing, the lockdown is not the way to do it. Um, there's better ways. We have solutions in place to deal with this that have been proven. And they're telling us that we all have to lock up all the healthy people, plummet the economy into total ruin. Uh, and of course, now we're seeing the effects of what happens when you do that. People start climbing the walls, right? Um, and that there was a better way to have dealt with this. So I started with, okay, maybe it was just error. Maybe it was a bunch of well-meaning people that reacted to something, overreacted to it, and are just having trouble correcting course and admitting that they were wrong. Maybe that's what we're dealing with. So I started investigating that angle. But then there's too many other things that start weaving in and you go, all right, maybe that was most of the most of the people involved, but most of the people involved that are on the ground that are working on this, where do they get their information from? It's a military structure. The medical system is a military-based structure. That's how it was set up. It was set up by the Knights Hospitallers, for crying out loud. This is a military wing. This is how it, you know, it goes all the way back in history. You can track it. I'm going to be doing some more shows on this to actually show you the real origins of the Western medical system and the pharmaceutical industry and how it was taken off its natural evolutionary course by certain people that had their own agendas and wanted to make money doing whatever and had their belief about the fact the planet's overpopulated and the whole deal, right? And there's all these, these lines, these orders, these societies that created these um, ideas at the top, right? And built the entire philosophy for how we're gonna address health. And then that gets dripped down and then generationally, people go to, where do you go to school to get your medical degrees? And who are you learning that degree system from? Who writes that curriculum? Who's telling your doctors that nutritional health doesn't mean anything? And that, I, I don't know how many people come and tell me, they go, oh, I went to the hospital to check this out. My doctor said I can eat whatever I want. I can eat McDonald's, eat whatever I want. All I gotta do is take this drug and go call him in a couple weeks so that he can do a check on me, see if I need surgery or yeah. whatever. I'm like, that's not health. So why, what I wanted to know, we're listening to the medical experts. Everybody's at 7 p.m. clapping for the medical experts. Okay, who's informing them and are they doing the right job? We've got doctors coming out and saying it's the ventilators that are destroying the lungs of these people that have it. It's not the virus. It's, the, it's, the, it's what we're doing. We're killing people in hospitals by the methods we're using to stop this. We've got it wrong. This isn't what they're telling us it is. There's something going around, but we're totally getting the wrong information. When you have that many doctors and nurses coming out and saying these kinds of things, I'm the kind of person that says, okay, I want to hear more. I want to learn why. And then the final pin to drop for me was, why are those experts being actively censored and silenced and ridiculed? Why is there not a table of debate? If you and I were martial artists, man, and I said to you, I got this new Kung Fu style that's going to beat all the martial arts styles out there. It's the best style in the land. You should never train anything else but this one Kung Fu style that I invented. And you're like a, I don't know, an MMA guy. You've been training your whole life. And you go, okay, well, I, I know martial arts pretty well. I've been training a long time. 
what are you going to do to prove it to me? And I go, oh, I'm just going to draw it all on this whiteboard right here, right? I'm going to show you all the diagrams of my philosophy, my theories. And, uh, and then you go, well, why, why are we doing it on a whiteboard? This is martial arts. Let's have a, let's spar. Let's prove to me that what you're saying is true. Show me that this style is better than all these styles I've been studying. And if I go to you, well, no, I'm not going to do that because you need to understand it on the board, on the theory board here. And then it gets to the point where I'm like, well, now you're challenging me. I don't really want to prove it to you. I don't want to debate you in a martial arts sense. I'm going to shut you down and pursue an active campaign of censorship. Make sure that you're targeted and I'm going to send all my Twitter mobs after you because you want to know the truth and I don't want to tell you the truth. I just want you to believe and trust in the truth. That's not science. That's religion. That's cult activity. That's not what we're... So when I have... When you see somebody like Dr. Judy Mikovits who goes out there, someone of her prestigious medical background, that it, it's, if you, I actually, you could read her bio and it would be a chapter in a book of her bio and her experience and her time in the game. She was highly regarded. She went, she, she was, she worked with Anthony Fauci and all these top, top people. You don't get to that point unless you're a freaking genius. Okay. She comes out and starts saying, okay, they're shredding studies. They're, we're loading all these vaccines with cancer viruses out of mice uh, ge- genetics and all these other animal genetics that are causing problems. We're using abort- aborted fetal cell lines that are causing all kinds of uh, mutagenic reactions. Um, we're, the blood supply that everybody's giving blood and the blood supply is contaminated. So we're continuing the perpetuation of many of these viruses like AIDS and all these other blood cancers and everything like that. And we need to stop this. We need to analyze it. And we need to have true scientific debate. That's all she was calling for. And what did they do? They pursued an entire campaign of censorship against her. Then she comes out and she does some interviews, especially about what's going on now. And she starts telling her story because now she can finally legally start talking. And what does the media do? If you go look her up right now, you're going to see nothing but Snopes articles, fact-checking articles, uh, doctors and experts that are put out there by the media as the new experts, and they're just going to be shouting her down. But they'll never talk to her directly. Do you ever notice that? They mm. never talk to her directly. They just write about her. They just slander her. They just try to. It was uh, Nature, the the scientific journal, the big scientific journal Nature. They did a whole hit piece on her about pandemic. Well, I tell people go on London Real, watch her first interview, then watch her rebuttal interview that she just released with uh, Brian Rose, where she actually takes that whole paper in nature and demolishes it point by point okay and i say that's precedent for a debate to take place between her and i don't care who all right put anybody in front of them go get go dig up all their experts and let's have a debate i want to see dana white of the ufc organize a pay-per-view championship match between dr judy mikovitz and dr anthony fauci or something like that, yeah. or, or, or put a panel together, get all the people that have been saying, no, this is all a big pandemic, it's, they're, they're doing it wrong, and put it with the people that are saying it's true. Why isn't that happening in a free, open society that believes in science and, and, and you know, looking at facts and evidence, if all we're getting instead is ad hominem attacks, which in both science and philosophy is the number one sign that you're on the side of a liar, you're not, you're not telling the truth, and you're not being honest, um, the fact that you're going to censor people that have a different opinion than you, it just shows how cowardly you are. That's like me trying to censor you from me having to prove to you that what I'm saying is true or not, even mm-hmm. though you just want validation. 
And so when you see an active campaign of suppressing people that do want to know the truth, and if they are crazy, prove that they're crazy. Don't just censor them. Prove that they're crazy and they'll go away. Well, but she, they're not doing that. Yeah, like, like you said, she did a good job of, of debunking that, that article in Nature. And, it, and how long did that whole, I, I haven't seen that Brian Rose interview, but I'll definitely go watch it. Oh, but it doesn't take too long to, to prove that somebody's full of shit. No. So you don't have to censor people if they're full of shit. You just give them the platform, you send one of your guys out, and then it takes five minutes to dismantle their 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 stance. Yeah, and you should be able to do it without ad hominem attacks. Sure. You should be able to do that and ruining somebody's life and ruining their career and putting them in jail under false charges. That You don't have to do that. That's not necessary for that. And then when you go back into the literature and the history, you realize that this has been happening in the scientific community, especially when it comes to the medical science and the whole pharma industry for 200 years, 200 freaking years of lies, deceptions, uh, people. There's people that have been actually murdered and killed over this stuff, gone, disappeared. There's people who've been thrown in jail. There's people who've been silenced and who said, okay, you know what? I'd rather just have some kind of a life. I want to protect my family. Fine, I won't tell the world the truth. There's people that I've spoken to behind closed doors that won't go on the air with me and talk because they, they're so afraid of what's going to happen to them. And justifiably so. Look at the examples that they make. They put, the, they put all the people they don't want and don't want you to listen to in these big stocks, these public stock and barrels, so that everybody can throw tomatoes at them. Okay? And then they build a campaign of burning them at the stake. It's just it's done digitally. It's done to their career. <laughs> it might even get to the point where it's literal if this keeps going. But what we see is nothing but a campaign of suppression. Like, where, what, what do they do to people like Emmanuel Valkovsky for talking about his theories? One of the most brilliant, top of the line, well-respected, everybody loved him. And then he comes out and writes, you know, Worlds in Collision and all his papers on cosmology and the history of the planet. And he goes back into the ancient mythological record and he brings evidence to the fore to show we're wrong about our history, guys. We've got to go back and check the drawing board again. What happened to him? one of the most suppressed human beings on the planet. What about Wilhelm Reich? His books were actually burned. I've got a box of his books sitting right here. He was one of the first in America to have all of his books actually burned. All of his libraries, all of his files were seized by the federal government. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. What's in his books? What's in his books that would actually disseminate, that would get rid of disease for all time? He's, the sound, he's the sound frequency guy, right? Uh, yeah, Oregon energy, uh, the idea that, you know, the there's it's the somatic intelligence concept where um, you're you're not looking at everything in these independent compartmentalized systems. You're looking at the body and the mind and the consciousness of a human being as a holistic system. Um, and that health is done by uh, working with the body and the mind simultaneously. It's not these separate, well, go see the psychiatrist and get some drugs for your, uh, your, the doubts that you have about existence or the fear of reality that you have or the emotional plague that you're suffering from. Don't address it. Don't listen to Carl Jung and go work on your shadow and address it and integrate it and become whole. Go and suppress it with drugs. And then when you have fallout from those medications, we've got a whole host of other medications to help you know, ease all the symptoms of all the contraindications that are happening from the shit that we're mixing in your body. That's not what he wanted. He was trying to say, he, he came from a totally, totally different level of approaching health, health of the mind, health of the body. Um, and there's many other, Nikola Tesla. Why did he die in prison? Why did they seize all of his assets? Why did JP Morgan and, and co, some people even think they killed him. But why did they go and sequester all of his work and then try to repackage it and repatent it after the guy's dead? 
and never give him credit for it. Well, and, and on and on we could go. When you get into the field of cancer research and AIDS research, there is a score of people for the last how many decades that have been coming out, highly degreed people, experts, doctors, researchers, life experiencers, people that had these diseases that have come out and said, I was able to cure myself or I was able to help these patients using some very simple things. You know, we don't hear about these people. We only hear what we're, what's been selected for us to hear. That's not science. That's not the pursuit of truth. And then what else, what other evidence do we need, man? Look at the world. We're supposed to be in the year 2020 at the height of human ingenuity and technology and development of medical systems and, and medicines and understanding of health and all this kind of stuff. Yet we live in a chronic disease plague pandemic that will dwarf the numbers of any fake virus or whatever virus they're throwing at you 10 times over. The amount of people that, do you know 2,000 people die every day from cancer just in America? Really? What's that number, what's that number around the world? Do you know 650,000 people still die every single year from influenza? And how, many, how long have we had flu vaccines for? How long have we had flu vaccines? So we're all sitting here pent up. I lost my business. Everybody I know lost their pension, lost their business, lost their job. And we're all sitting here scared, taping the wall, you know, blocking out the windows, not talking to people. And we're just, what are we waiting for? We're waiting for the vaccine to come out that they've never done. They've had, they've had a hundred years dealing with coronaviruses, a hundred years. The last, how, when was H1N1 and SARS? That was over 20 years ago. They still haven't successfully developed a vaccine for that. And we're talking about people that will develop vaccines that haven't gone through the t safety studies, that are not, they're, they're causing more problems than they're starting. They're not backing up and going back and checking it again. And they're, they want to make money. They don't, they don't even have liability. These companies don't even have legal liability. You, can, you can't even sue them. You have to sue the federal government to get any money. You have to go to court in America against the federal government itself in order to win any money back. And you know what those courts have, have they paid over $4 billion out to people, even with that. And that's one of the most corrupt law courts you can imagine. Right. So when you have all of those things, and that's another thing, if this pharmaceutical industry that we're all just waiting for them to give us this magical cure, this elixir of life, why are we not able to hold them legally accountable if there's any fallout or injury or death from that. Why not? It, again, if you're a scientist and you're saying it's 100% safe and effective, don't worry, stay locked up, let the whole economy and the world burn and then we'll come and save you with the vaccine. Well, you haven't developed one in over 100 years. You've had 20 years to develop it since SARS. You didn't do it. This is a new strain of any kind of coronavirus that we've ever seen before. And you're gonna rush something to the market and we're and you're not liable for if there's any trail of tears with that. I, I don't know. Is that a sales pitch that a rational human being would accept and just go, yeah, that makes sense. I'll just trust the experts. <laughs> well, which experts are you going to trust? You're going to trust the people warning you that these things are not safe, that they're not as effective as they're touted to be, and that there are other alternatives. It's not like we're saying, well, we just don't want solutions. No, we want solutions. There are solutions out there that are proven. There's doctors screaming from the rooftops about uh, zinc, hydrochloroquine, vitamin C injections, uh, using even some, they're doing experiments with cannabis for crying out loud. That's having more effects than a lot of these other things. There's other alternatives that we could use. And then my biggest question too is why are there so many immunocompromised people anyways? I can understand when you're, when you're getting older, I don't care how healthy you are, your body's slowly eating itself. If you're 80 and they show those studies from Italy, 99% of people that died 
even though the numbers are inflated. This even came out in Italian parliament. There was this Italian guy, I played him on my video. He's like, <laughs> and he's trying to freak everybody out. And he was like, hey, the numbers are inflated, but even the deaths that we have recorded, it's 80 years up and they all had three or four other comorbidities. Yeah. So what does that mean? And like you said, people are saying, yeah, they're put, you fall out of a plane, you got, you got the coronavirus. Well, now here we go. And this is a long rant, but leading up to all this, so we're going through all this, I've been posting about it, I've been questioning it, and I can't believe the amount of people that are still looking at me like I'm somehow dangerous, that I don't want to help and save old people and immunocompromised people, that I don't care about society. And I can realize that when someone looks at the work of someone like myself and says that to me, I'm like, you're literally brainwashed, man. You're brainwashed. It has to be that because, and you're living in fear yeah. and you're thinking emotively, which is what they wanted. So you asked the question about the why and the how and all this. All I can say is there's a historical precedent for this. It's happened countless times in history under different crises, always under crisis. Do we have to watch the movement in the grass happening behind the scenes, whether this is real, whether this happened the way they said it did or not. There are those forces that are taking advantage of this situation at the very least. So let me wrap up this little rant uh, and give it back to you. But I'm going to read. I'm just going to read this quote and I'm not even going to tell you who it is. I'm going to see if you can guess it. So here it is. This is the quote. All this was inspired by the principle, which is quite true within itself, that in the big lie, there is always a certain force of credibility because the broad masses of a nation are always more easily corrupted in the deeper strata of their emotional nature than consciously or voluntarily. And thus, in the primitive simplicity of their minds, they more readily fall victims to the big lie than the small lie, since they themselves often tell small lies in the little matters, but would be ashamed to resort to large-scale falsehoods. It would never come into their heads to fabricate colossal untruths, and they would not believe that others could have the impudence to distort the truth so infamously even though the facts which prove this to be so or even though the facts which this which prove this to be so may be brought clearly to their minds they will still doubt and waver and will continue to think that there may be some other explanation for the grossly impudent lie always leaves traces behind it even after it has been nailed down a fact which is known to all expert liars in this world and to all who conspire together in the art of lying. Joseph Goebbels. So very close. Think a little bit higher up. Was that that's, Hitler? That's Hitler himself. Mein Kampf, mein Kampf Volume 1, Chapter 10. So, you know, let, like, and we could keep going. And I know there's a lot of words. It, to break it down for people, basically he's saying, we are the expert liars. And we realize that if we can just create a big lie, something big, because if it's, if it's so big, it's actually harder for people to disbelieve it. It's weird. Even the intellectuals get brought brought into it because you get people thinking emotively. He was talking about that. People, they, they are corrupted in the deeper strata of their emotional nature than consciously or voluntarily. So this is what happens. And this is why people are coming against you, ma'am, for questioning it, is because they're thinking only of the fear that was dropped into their mind by the media and by the whole narrative of this entire thing, which means they're not thinking critically or logically. So anything, anytime you're sitting there going, hey man, I, I'm not saying we shouldn't do anything. I'm not saying I don't care about anybody, but I think we should question what's happening right now. And here's a whole host of experts and other ways of looking at things that you're not being told about. And people still look at you and go, 
you still want to kill my grandma. It's like, yeah. no, no, that's not what I said. I said, we got to be careful and we got to watch. You know, people have something that Wilhelm Reich called the emotional plague. And we can uh, break that down a little bit later. But anyways, I've been talking enough. I'll throw it back to you, man. No, dude. That's why I brought you on was to talk. You always have so much good information, you know, and it's uh, it's such a chicken shit approach for me to just like go hide at the farm and hang out with my kids and my animals. And then I could come come up for some light. And I'm like, hey, let me call David and see what the fuck's been going on. <laughs> but that's kind of it, man. I mean, it, it takes that's a cool. it takes a lot of it takes a lot of um, a lot of fortitude to stay in the trenches the way that you do and fight these battles, man, uh, on social media and, and to, to dedicate all the time that you do to, to, to the research and then putting together all of the, you know, the, um, the shareable, deliverable, uh, creative work that, that goes into doing that. And it's such a fucking key thing. It's an important thing to do. Um, I just don't have the balls anymore. I don't have, I don't have it in me. I don't have the, uh, this, like I said, the, the last two or three weeks or maybe, yeah, three or four weeks of the, um, of the quarantine, two or three weeks, dude. I was just, I got fucking irate. I just got mm. mad. I, I just got mad. I got, mental illness is a thing, and it got to a point where I went from being happy on my farm for two and a half months, and I didn't give a shit what the rest of the world was doing. And then when I started coming back into town more and seeing motherfuckers drive around in their car with their mask on, and then like almost run me off the road, this motherfucker was texting on his phone. He had a mask on in his car and he was texting on his phone and he swerved into my lane and like almost ran me and my kids off the road. And I'm like, well, thank God you got a fucking mask on because now you're safe. Long as you got a mask on in your car, you can text when you drive, you can be an asshole, you can be stupid. And I, I guess that was, I think that day something inside of me snapped and I, I went down an unhealthy road of just, if you looked at my Instagram story during that time, <laughs> it was like, just a, like, you know, 50 or 80 reposted things from your page and other people's with really spiteful, just like, fuck all of you idiots, you know, yeah. everywhere. Um, and I don't like walking around vibing in that place. You know, it's it's not what I'm known for. It's not what I want to do. Um, and so to me, talking to someone like you that has lots of good information and it's good and balanced, it kind of unravels all of that, that, that rat's nest of, of emotional and mental what the fuck isms all going on in my head and i think people could could really benefit from from exposing themselves to good um to good information the the, the truth will set you free right like it's a it's a thing uh, you know my uncle um i haven't really talked about this uh we talked about it on the podcast the other day but my uncle actually took his own life 2 weeks ago Oh, I'm so sorry to hear, brother. Uh, appreciate that, man. Um, and he was uh, he was the director of the Orion Project at NASA. He was the guy who put the space station in space. No way. Yeah, Dr. Charlie Lundquist. And, um, you know, he uh, he was dealing with some depression. He, was, he wasn't able to go to work and play with his spaceships and his aliens and um, wasn't able to, to go hang out with his astronaut buddies in the, the neutral buoyancy lab down in Houston where they live. And enough months of that and dealing with some back pain that he was dealing with that largely was was relieved by walking around NASA and um, big, huge, beautiful campus down there at the um, at the Johnson Space Center, you know. So a lot of walking around, a lot of grass, a lot of trees. You know, it's a big campus. It's just a beautiful place to go walk around. And then um, several months of that and, and the, the back pain, the depression just got the better of him. And so here's a guy with a 
three decade long career of you know helping progress the human race through space travel and um and um all this stuff and we lost him um it, within our family and and the human race lost him as a as a, an advocate for them uh you know in space and so that's something that hits close to home for me and my family um and uh somebody i looked up to a lot right mm. uh and so when someone comes to me and says you should wear a face mask or or you're trying to kill my grandma um i think that it's a hard it's a hard it, I, I can't reconcile that very well you know because having lost someone at this point personally to this false lockdown Dude. and being in healthcare myself and having not actually met one single person who has COVID-19 in a 7 million person metropolitan area I can I can say objectively at this point that that the lockdown has been more dangerous than the virus that's that's kind Brother, of where, that's, I'm, where I'm at you have no idea how much when you tell me that story and I get so many, I've, I've had to read so many stories like this. Um, people that I know, you know, and people messaging me, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what gets me up in the morning. I, I, I suffered from a bit of mental issues, not mental issue. What do you call it? I just had a rough adolescent period, a rough childhood, um, went through a lot of that downward spiral of anxiety, depression in my mid to late teens. And it was a combination of things. It was a combination of, uh, thank God I grew up training martial arts and I always had that outlet. Uh, thank God I, I've, I met the people that I did that helped kind of save me from that and helped show me a better direction and inspire me. Thank God for uh, the many books that I was inspired to read and that I actually sat down and took the time to read that changed my entire life. Um, and thank God for those uh, those support systems that I have. And I can only realize that there's a whole world of people out there that don't have that support system yeah. that that hid that hid how they felt that didn't address it because they didn't know how to address it. They just thought they did what their doctors told them to do. They did. They did. They avoided it because especially with men, we don't. First of all, we hate taking directions. Yeah. Second of all, we pretty much a lot of us hate going to the doctor um, and admitting that we're weak. You know, we don't like that especially when it comes to emotional and mental weakness the, in the older generation, it was drilled into their head that if you show any kind of weakness or you express your emotion or you talk about your feelings, you're a pussy, right? And yet the truth about it is you need a, su a support system of friends, of community, of family, um, of neighbors, of a church, whatever it is for you, that is a support system that you can talk and you can be honest and you can trust people. That's part of human relations, interacting with other human beings and looking at them in their eyes is part of human nature. Yeah. Touch and interaction is part of human nature. And so when I see the proposals coming in and reacting to this as if it's like a super Ebola plague just swept the planet and is wiping out millions every day, when that's not the case, it's a 99.7% survivable rate virus. And then I see the fallout on the other side and someone like you telling me, yeah, this lockdown has been worse than the virus. And guess what? One of the deans of Oxford, one of the top professors of Oxford just came out and did a whole published study about how the lockdown has been worse than the virus. And then now scores and scores of other doctors are coming out, Dr. Erickson and so many others who were trying to say, in my own clinic, I'm seeing more fallout from what we're doing than I am from this virus. And so like, that's where I can't, that's where I can't, I'm the kind of person, it's just my personality. And I know that my kind of work and my way of looking at things is not for everybody. I've had a weird life and a weird yeah, you're kind of a of maniac. Forces. 
Yeah, I'm a, I am. And I've had a weird combination of forces that have cr created me into who I am. I have a passion and a drive to uh, learn the truth and expose the lies. I don't know what it is. I've, and then I also made a commitment. And I, I, always, I never let myself down when I make a commitment. When this happened, when this started, I said, okay, I'm in lockdown. I've lost my business. I'm going to dedicate myself to two things. One, I'm going to work every day on my mental health, on my family, on my kids, in my garden, and in my house. And I'm going to make sure that this place is a place of love, support, positivity, open-mindedness, conversation, board games, dance-offs, whatever. You know, my girls are doing musical productions in my living room every day. It's I amazing. I saw you having the best time. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to dedicate six to eight hours a day, every single day to researching what's going on and being attentive to it. Because I believe that this is a moment in human history that is going to be remembered for the rest of our time on this planet. And we're living in one of the greatest times to ever be alive. As scary as it is, as messed up as it all is, it's important that we're at this time now where we're ready to see what's really been going on. It's time we lift up the rug and look to see if we're infested with cockroaches or not. It's time that we get, you know, mold is growing all the way through all of our institutions and all of our, all over the place. Why is the mold growing? That's because we haven't, we've dropped our guard. Our psychological immune system has been compromised just like our physical immune system has been compromised. So we need strong immune system cells, strong white blood cells to rise up and eat and kill the cancer cells. And the cancer cells are cancer cells of the mind. And those are my mentors, the, the maverick thinkers, the free thinkers, the freedom fighters, the real freedom fighters, not those Marxist fakers, the Antifa fakers that are trying to destroy America right now under the guise of humanitarianism and we're fighting for the rights of people. It's a lie. The real freedom fighters do it in this way. They do it through intellectual dialogue. They do it through the process of debate. They do it by trying to inspire people, not inspire people to burn shit down. That's a lie. And so when I see the lies and I keep seeing them again and again, I'm motivated every single day. My humanity rises up in me. It's the blue flame of anger. And I also have to do a, I feel in a way that I can't let down those people, those mentors that died in gulags, that were ridiculed, those scientists and those teachers that were trying to warn the world about these things that have been silent systematically and have been uh, just brutally um criticized and critiqued by the, by an ignorant public who has no idea in the world. They've been misinformed since their youth by the media and by the education system. I can't let those people die in vain. I can't let the lie continue to just exist and then go back and just pretend like everything's normal. It's just not in my DNA. And so I realized that because I have that, I have, I've spent my life, I spent 18 years of my life researching these subjects. And that doesn't mean I've got all the answers or that I know the truth. I don't have all the answers. I probably make mistakes all the time. You're talking about your Instagram timeline. Holy shit, man. Mine, I've gone off on the rail. I've just, <laughs> there's days that I want to just shake people, but, but I also have to come back to that. Okay. It's, it's good sometimes to vent that out and show that side. But at the same time, you have to inspire people. We have to bring it back. And that's why I started doing the Lord of the Rings series. And I started doing, um, you know, some shows I'll do hardcore information. I'll go off, fly off the handle a few times. And then other shows, it's calm. And we're looking at something that's there to try to inspire you and heal you. So I made the commitment six to eight hours a day. I think I've gone in more like eight to 10 hours a day of constant research of looking at this and not just researching all the dark things, but listening to the solutions as well and listening to all the discussions and the debates so that I can be informed about what's happening.
because there's a deep desire that I have to be a part of this time, to learn about what's happening, and to just share my view at the time and my research at the time. And I'm not perfect, and I make mistakes, and I could be wrong about certain things, but my intention is in the right place, and it takes courage to go at this and say, I'm gonna present my view, even if it turns out that I'm wrong, because I care. A lot of other people won't even lift a finger just because they're afraid, and I understand why. So that means the people who aren't afraid need to speak up, and that doesn't have to be everybody. But there does need to be something happening because if people are just tuning into the news every day, and I, I went over to my buddy's house to try to break up the rhythm, and we watched the UFC fight night with what two nights ago, and we went over and I'm talking to this beautiful family. They, they made us dinner and we're sitting around watching, and dude, every single commercial break, in between every round is a message about this goddamn lockdown and people wearing gloves and here's the new UFC branded masks that you can buy and here's all the here's all the here's what we're doing to save the world and all the banks and the inst and the insurance companies we care about you this is what we're doing to help protect you from covid-19 here's the covid-19 guidelines make sure that you and you're just like stop, 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 stop. I, I haven't been watching TV for so long that when I was sitting there, I'm like, oh my God, now I know why people are not getting it. Yeah. They're watching this shit all the time. Yeah. And they're being poked and prodded at to activate what, ex what Hitler was talking about, which was that corruption of their emotional nature. They're playing on your virtues and they're playing on your fears. And when you wake up to that, the fear goes away. It doesn't give you more fear. It takes the fear away. And then we can now confront the issue and try to find out what really happened. And I'm talking about an investigative journalistic approach, time to put on the Sherlock Holmes cap and get in there and find out what's happening so that we can bring some change to this world, so we can find solutions and we can inspire people and we can allow the people that are really working genuinely in the health field, like your family and so many other people, Give them a platform for a change. We've given the Anthony Fauci's and the World Health Organization and the CDC's of the world, we've given them the chance. They're f screwing this up more than you can possibly, I could even say to you. So let's give the other side a chance and let's just see, let's do a test. Let's see who's the healthiest ones. Let's see who comes out better. Let's see who is not dying, suffering from depression and anxiety and getting ready to the point where they're ready to off themselves. Let's see the people that are trying to turn that dynamic around and listen to them for the change. Let's listen to Dr. Bruce Lipton for once. Let's listen to all these brilliant people who've been trying to tell you, you are contributing and creating and co-creating your reality. So if your reality is just fear, 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 division, 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 if that's your input all the time, what's the output? The output is this what you're putting in. So we need to reverse that. And that's why I knew this is a battle of consciousness. This is a coronavirus. Of con it has nothing to do with what they're saying it is. And then, of course, there's also a deeper, darker political agenda afoot as well that we can get into. <laughs> David Whitehead, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sorry, man. You got me lit up when you told me that. And I, my heart goes out to you and your family. I yeah, just want to say you. that. I got nothing but love for you. I'm here fighting for people like you. And if you're out there listening to this right now and you are suffering from depression and you are suffering from this and you're, you're thinking, I'm alone, the world's going to shit, I, 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 I'm, I just want to tap out, don't tap out. I'm your martial art coach. I'm in your corner right now telling you, don't give up. There's still another five rounds left. We can still win this. Don't give up. Come follow my channel. Message me personally. Reach out to me. I will help you to the best possible, in the best possible way that I can to inspire you. We need you. You're valued. We love you. 
we're going to get through this. We got to get through this together. Stop listening to these liars. There's a better world after this. Trust me. That's the key, man. I think like the, the, the hottest thing that people can realize and you know, they can choose to believe that or not, but you and I both, I think know it deep in our bones and in our soul that this is a special time to be alive. This is a very special time to be alive. And, you know, I know you and I have spent a lot of our, our lives studying a lot of similar things. And uh, when you go back and you look through history at the, the, the ancient cycles of time and the rise and fall of civilizations and the rise and fall of, of the, the, the spiritual powers that inhabit the world at various times, um, when you've done enough of that, that, that research, you, you, you know that we live at a time where there are many rivers converging. There are many cycles of time that are coming to to a close and with with the close of an old cycle is the opening of a new one and we see it so so much chaos and so much event density right there's just like one event stacked on top of another these days right these events are just coming at such high density um all these timelines are converging i believe that we can create our way through this into a better place and i think that they're you know i'm, I'm kind of one of those people that thinks that in every moment time spins off into different timelines and every decision that you make determines where you vibrate to uh, whenever that moment's over with. Stay positive. You know, stay living in truth. Lift up the people around you. Continue to be be of service to, to others, even if it's just giving someone a smile at the gas station, you know, or at the supermarket or whatever. People really would like to see a smile if you're not wearing a mask. I guess if you're wearing a mask... <sighs> kind of hard to do that but at least draw a smiley face on draw it I don't know, do something <laughs> you know try to lift each other up uh, be there for each other in, in whatever ways that you can be um because some real deal shit is going down right now david doesn't know exactly what that is i don't know what that is but david and i both and lots of other people a lot of people listening to this right now have done enough research and been following this stuff for long enough to know that that they're they're the game is afoot right there's there's something happening here and and how what we do with our time that we have uh what we do with our decision making and the power of our own ability to think positively and to think our way through situations in a in a, in a constructive way that's going to determine where we land when the when the dust settles in this thing and i think that we we all have the opportunity to land potentially in a more beautiful if not slightly confusing world than the one that we came into this year with 2020 is going to be a it's going to be a cool thing make it make it make it a cool thing make it you know not just a total clusterfuck and a bunch of wasted time and energy because i think a lot of that could happen if you let it yeah man i agree and you know 2020 you could you could turn it around instead of it being the darkest year of humanity you could go nope 2020 was the year that humanity got 2020 vision yeah 2020 vision it started paying attention we're all locked up people are ready to pay attention that's why when you have people like Dr. Judy Mikevitz and many others, I'm just using her as an example. I could give you countless ones, but that's one good one because, you know, when she comes out and puts out a documentary and it gets taken off the internet and then people keep uploading it and it gets taken off and then it gets 20 million views collectively across different platforms and they try to censor it. And even now you can't find it. And then someone puts it up for a day and then they kill it. And you go, there's something happening here. The rebellion is not the rebellion you're seeing in the streets with the burning and the torching. That is a planned situation, and we're going to get to that. But the real rebellion is the people that are like, yeah, I see CNN's ratings dropping through the earth and dropping off the map, and nobody's trusting them. I see the mass media 
you know, falling on their sword every single day. I'm going to go and listen to my own heart and I'm going to hear out other people. And I'm going to, I'm gonna, if they're telling me I can't watch it, I want to watch it. And I challenge you, watch everything and read everything that they're trying to censor from you and your eyes will be opened. And it's, it's not just for the sake of being a rebel. It's not any of that. It's to gain clarity of this situation. And like I said before, why would they even censor it? Why not just, why not just, oh guys, it's just a misunderstanding. She told her, why not that? You know? So anyways, um, 2020 vision, that's what this year is all about. We've, we've been building up to this for a long time. There's a lot of issues that have been going on behind the scenes that I'm sure you and I are aware of that a lot of the masses of people, the mainstream people are not, haven't been paying attention to, are not aware of. And even when they become aware of issues, um, they think of them in isolation. They don't think of them as, well, there's this, there's this virus, there's, you know, what's going on over in China and there's the, you know, the brewing war going on. There's the economic problems. There's the domestic problems. There's the political problems. There's, um, you know, (laughs) underground uh, human trafficking networks. There's gangs happening on the street level. There's, you know, there's all these things, but people are trained to just look at a quick little clip of it, look at it in isolation and not learn how to connect the dots. Well, there's mm-hmm. those of us that have just been trying to connect the dots for years, ever since 9-11 and before. Uh, you can go back throughout history. I've documented it on Unslaved, unslaved.com. Michael and I have documented a history of maverick, out-of-the-box, genius-level thinkers that most of the world doesn't even know exist that have the solutions to all the problems that we're facing. We don't have to reinvent anything. We just have to listen to the right people. Humanity listened to the wrong people for the last 200 years or more. That's why we're here. So when we realize that, that's not something to be afraid of. That's something to celebrate. When you find out that you got diagnosed with an illness, say the coronavirus, you now are given a choice. Oh, now I got the diagnosis. Now I know what's going on. I can now proactively take steps to heal myself and get better. But if you never went and got that diagnosis and never learned about it, it's going to mess you up silently over time. And then your health is going to decay and bad things are going to happen to you because ignorance is not bliss. So my thing is it's not negative to look at the problem. It's only negative when you look at the problem through the lens of fear. Yeah. And my message has been from day one on my channel, whether we're talking about this issue or other issues. Uh, I've done a lot of personal development stuff and, you know, martial art philosophy and things like that as well. And I've always said this, give yourself the opportunity to be strong. Give yourself a chance to be strong. Just give yourself a chance. Most people are afraid because they're just not giving themselves the chance to be strong. They're afraid because they're relying on other people too much. They're relying on, everybody's like, well, I don't want to think for myself, but what do you think? Okay, now we want to, you, you should ask each other each other's opinion, but there should be a point where finally you collect all this opinion and you sit by yourself, you turn off your phone and your TV and you just sit by in a forest or by a tree or something and you just think, well, what's what do I think? Well, dude, I think- I'm, I'm going to come forward. I'm going to give myself a chance to be strong because everybody else around you would prefer that you just listen to them without question and that you stay in a state of being weak. So give yourself the chance. Don't doubt yourself. And, and when you start that process, it's not easy. It's like when you first start doing push-ups that you suck at them. But when you keep doing them, you become stronger. Work those push-ups of your mind. It's the same dynamic. I think people, from what I've seen, they they're not aware of the paradigm. They're not aware. They're they're not aware of the stakes on both sides of of the situation. So it's like, yeah. with the Corona thing, it's like, well, if if all of the mainstream media and everybody is all correct and they're all right about this thing and they've got a good grip on it, then by staying inside, we're going to save Grandma. 
That's that's noble enough, right? That's noble enough. Let's save grandma, save your grandma, save my grandma. They're all good, right? So it's we'll stay in the house. And you know what? If they're if they're wrong, the media's wrong, and all the the, the so-called experts are wrong. Well, then worst case scenario, we were safe, and we almost saved grandma. Right. All right. Then we go back to work. And and that <laughs> seems to be the paradigm that that everyone's operating in, or that most people are operating in. Right, and I had this conversation with a friend of mine because we were out, out at the farm shooting some guns, and we had some friends over, and we posted it on my Instagram story. And one of my one of my friends hit me up, and uh, from jujitsu actually, and she was like, "Bro, what are you doing? Flatten the curve? What the fuck? You know?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Like eight of us out out in the field, you know, like fishing and shooting guns." And she's like, "Yeah, but we you know we're not supposed to be together or whatever." Anyway, we had this whole discussion and I, and what it came down to is that her her fear of of a virus that she's never seen never met anyone who has just been given to her by the by the media her fear of that virus is extremely high mm. her fear or even understanding of tyranny or the the dangers thereof is non-existent you know what i mean that's right so it's like we 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 can't and I think this is a big part of what you do and, and, and what has in this situation and like that we've been in for the last couple of months, I've been sort of pushed in this direction too, is like, if nothing else, I want people to see that it's not just, you know, we're being super safe versus we didn't need to be super safe. It's like either we're being lied to or we're not. And if we are, the implications are fucking massive. They're, they're massive. If you can lock 7 billion people in the world, you know, Lock, get them to lock themselves inside of their homes indefinitely while their businesses and livelihoods crumble around them um, without one without one soldier having to, to, to lift a boot, you know. This is a huge, it's a huge realization to, to, to miss, right? And so if I could just wake up enough people or, or more and more people, as many people as possible to this reality that it's, I'm not wording this very well, but it's-, it's No, you are. Tyr tyranny is on the other side of the coin from this hyper safety thing, right? Being hyper safe, that's fine. If we're we're talking Ebola here or some massive outbreak, like let's be safe and all that. But like, the other side of it isn't just oh, oops, no big deal. The other side of it is holy shit. Like we've just taught them that we'll lock our own selves inside of our own prison as long as we want. And you know, anyway, let's so. Great well, stuff can I address that real yeah, quick? Yeah, 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 please you, do. You brought up an interesting argument because that is you, you actually d explained the dividing lines of this debate that's happening publicly beautifully. It was very simple and it's, it's true and it's what needs to be addressed. And that's what I've been laboring to show people is I've pretty much just trying to show people on my channels that there is there there is a lot at stake, as you say. It's much bigger than just right. that simplistic argument that you've been given by the media. They're giving you that narrative, and you're like, well, it's pretty simple, Dave. <laughs> There's a reason they're giving you simple little one-line taglines and memes is because they want you thinking simplistically, and they want you thinking emotively. But if we break away from that for a second, just to play devil's advocate, let's actually measure that argument. And that's what I've been doing, is saying, okay, on the one hand, we have, well, worst case scenario, we just overkilled it and, you know, found out later that it wasn't as bad as we thought, but it was better that we were safe than sorry. Right. right. And then the other side is saying, yeah, but what about our freedoms? And one side, yeah, but freedom, you guys are all about the freedom, but what about our safety? <laughs> so it's boiling down to freedom versus safety. Right. And I can think of a few people 
who had some things to say about the debate between freedom and safety. People like Thomas Jefferson, for example, love him or hate him, if you think about it, he said it brilliantly. He said, I prefer dangerous freedom to peaceful slavery. What did he mean by that? Because the word dangerous is in there. And a lot of people are like, that's dangerous. And they, people tell me, Dave, you're, you're dangerous. What you're doing is dangerous. Yeah. I'm like, well, what am I doing? I'm talking about freedom. Yeah, it's dangerous to talk about freedom. Really? Are we living in George Orwell's 1984 right now? Or are we like, did, isn't that what we, we created? It took 2000 years to do it. A lot of blood, sweat and tears to build it. Everybody comes from all over the world to be a part of it. Yeah. And now you just want to give it up because you're afraid of a virus. Like, is that really is. So my question is, is fear and overreaction effective? So it, because that's what people are choosing or is. And then is, is now we get into, is it too much freedom or what kind of freedom should we give or whatever? Well, we built the system on basically you have as much freedom as possible. So long as that line stops when you're infringing upon my freedom. Yep. Right. And we recognize that freedom is the pillar of our society, and it's also the pillar and the ground of your very being as an individual. That's yeah. you are a man. If you can understand the microcosm macrocosm thing, or if you're a religious person and you think I'm a child of God or whatever, it's the same thing in the end. You go, I was created as a part of this world. I come from nature. I'm a product of nature. I'm a part of this big macrocosmic universal experiment. And if the creator or even nature itself, however you want to look at it, um, endowed me with a spirit that craves freedom and doesn't want to be suppressed and wants to express my uniqueness and wants to um, work with others and build something that's prosperous and worthwhile and wants to have fun and wants to interact with other human beings. If that was built into me, why am I trying to suppress it? And why am I listening to people that are telling me that if I suppress it, they're going to protect me? Well, protect me from what? So now we look at the world and in France, they're now building restaurant apparatuses where from the ceiling, if you go sit in a restaurant, they literally drop down this big glass bubble over you and the other person that you're sitting across from. What are we saving folks? You go, you're okay. It's okay that you go to Costco and line up with 67 different people and, and walk out of a crowded parking lot where you're all standing side by side. That's okay. But you know, Bob's fish and tackle shop, that usually only gets like 10 customers a day max is a risk to public health. Is that, is that, is that you feeling safe yet? Okay. What about like what we said? What about the fallout from this lockdown? What about that? Everybody's talking about saving grandma. Well, what's going to happen when grandma doesn't have any pension left because the government used all that money to try to pay out all the money that they promised to stimulate the economy. That's now plummeting into the center of the earth. Where's the fallout from that? Are we, are we still safe? What about, like you said, the amount of the mental health crisis, when you lock human beings up in an unnatural way, which we've never done before when it comes to these types of diseases, we've never quarantined the healthy to this level. We quarantine sick people, but we don't quarantine the healthy. Um, what happens when they quarantine us all? We sanitize everything all the time. Every time you touch something, they spray it and they get on there and they put the Windex on it right away. And now the human immune system completely starts to implode in on itself because the entire human immune system that evolved over millions of years, you know, that little thing that helps fight off all the billions of viruses you're exposed to every single day, um, that thing is now compromised because it's no longer interacting with the environment and trading microviruses and bacteria that's essential for the immune system to function naturally and, and actually help you maintain optimal health that all the experts are talking about. That's well documented. That's how it works.
that even the science that you're believing in to come and save you for the synthetic shot that they're going to do to stimulate the what? What's the vaccine that Bill Gates is making loaded with quantum dots? What's it going to do to help save you from this virus? Well, it's going to it's going to inject gonna... the virus into you and it's going to also be loaded with all kinds of other antigens and additives to stimulate your immune system to respond to the virus. But what happens if we've already started the process of completely destroying our immune system, not just for the next few months, but actually starting a cascade of events that's going to lead to death and disease and exposure to illness that we've never seen before on this planet? Are we still feeling safe? So that's when I start to say, we go through the facts point by point. The argument, the simplistic argument that you were given, although I understand where you're coming from, and I understand you're a virtuous person that just wants to help save people, wants what's best for everybody. There's a difference between being well-intentioned and well-informed. I'm reading a book right now by Alexander Solzhenitsyn called A Warning to the West. And I've been telling people to read this book because it's short, it's sweet, it's easier to get through than the Gulag Archipelago. Um, even though that's a brilliant piece of work, you should read that too. But it's a short little book where he's basically warning everybody about the fact that the Soviet Union experiment and the millions of people that died there happened not just because there was some revolutions and some evils dictators. It was because it was supported and built by well-meaning people. What happened in Nazi Germany? All those Germans, those were mothers, fathers, uncles, brothers, grandmothers, grandfathers that were all saluting the genocides and the invasions and the, and the whole thing. And Mao Zedong in China and Pol Pot in Cambodia and Idi Amin in a butcher of Africa and the countless examples I've given you and all the well-meaning people that went to go to the Jim Jones Temple in Jonestown and give their children cyanide Kool-Aid and watch them die horribly. Well-meaning people. So the history of evil runs sideline to the history of well-meaning people supporting evil and allowing it to exist because they're not well informed about how it works. And they don't, they're not aware that there's a possible danger out there. They're not aware of the value of freedom. They're not aware of what's at stake when it comes to the world that we're building for our children, having them all sit on these little squares separate from each other, never touching each other, having everything done through digital um, artificial reality as opposed to real organic con connectivity amongst human beings and connection with nature. How is it that somebody surfing in the ocean is putting people's lives at risk, yet you can go to Walmart. Yeah. How is that? Like, so you just got to start thinking about some basic, basic things. And then I actually labor to go through the actual fine nitty gritty details of all the arguments, the counter arguments and this and that. And I trust me, I don't just listen to one thread. I watch just as much mainstream news. I listen to just as many Dr. Peter Hotezes and all the other twonks out there. I listen to all those mainstream. That's people. why you're so fired up all the damn time. I can't yeah. imagine the shit that's bouncing around in your head. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm excited about it, Adam. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm, I'm, you can ask my wife. I got a smile on my face, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid of this. For me, that's the therapy. The therapy is to understand it. I think, you know, what's <laughs> sure. the old saying? People are afraid of what they don't understand. Yeah. That statement is proven true. The reason people are now rioting and burning the shit down of the entire United States right now and the White House just got locked down and shut all the lights off and blah, whatever. The reason all that shit's happening is because of what we're talking about. Because of the fact that people are now, first of all, people have been locked up for how long? All they needed to do was light a little tiny match and maybe drop a few pallets of bricks and some little things over there and smash a couple windows and have a cop take out somebody and all this. All you got to do is set the stage and the masses will do the rest for you.
Yeah. And I'll finish this rant with another good quote that I just posted today because it just highlights everything we've been trying to say. Um, my colleague Michael Tessarian just posted this on Unslaved, and it's something I've referenced. I referenced it in episode two of my cult series, where it's a book called The Crowd by Gustav Le Bon, and he did a whole psychological analysis of the crowd on how crowd minds, how they think and how people can take advantage of it. And he says this, he goes, the masses have never thirsted after the truth. Whoever can supply them with illusions is easily their master, and whoever attempts to destroy those illusions is always their victim. That's the track record of human history. That's the track record of well-meaning people. And that's the track record of the systems and the things that we do to support tyranny, corruption, criminality, and evil. We support it because it plays on our virtues and it plays on our ignorance. When you know that, you're free. You're free to think for yourself. You're free to question what you're told. You're free to challenge authority. Not irrationally so. Not because you have to burn everything down and loot everything. That's not what we're talking That's low-level shit. I'm talking about this is a... This is for a particular type of a group of people or individual person that has the mindset to be able to spot these lies, spot these inconsistencies. They've developed their pattern recognition. They've developed their critical abilities and they care. They still have empathy. They care. They care. So if you really care about saving people, I urge you to look at the information on the other side because as you said and as scores of experts that I could list right now and show you have said, the, the lockdown, what they've done here is going to have catastrophic effects unlike the world has ever seen before. So it's not too late to check it out. And then we also have to say, was it worth it? Was the threat worth it? Well, all the information, all the numbers show us that nope, not only wasn't, wasn't it worth it, it wasn't even close to worth it. And so that's why I'm fired up. And I invite everybody out there, don't just listen to me. Don't just read what I post. Don't just listen to what I say. Research what I post and research what I say. That's it. Go re read stuff for yourself. There's always there's always two sides or three sides or ten sides to an argument. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, Holographic universe. It right? is. I think a lot of people get stuck in their timelines. I try not to, but I go through phases where I like I'll open up and start kind of you know exposing myself to lots of craziness. Um, and then I kind of go back to being a little more Zen and kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of done with racism for a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to remove some of the race, the, the racist people off of my timeline. Mm. But I, sometimes I like to keep my pulse on it you know, or keep my finger on the pulse, you know? Yeah. Be like, all right, what are the, what are the, what are the racists from this side saying and the racists from this side? And what's the mainstream saying about this? And what are, you know, this and that sometimes, yeah, it goes, it goes in waves, you know, about three or four months at a time. I'm like, all right, I'm done with that. I'll get back to it. But right now is one of these times where I'm really curious about what people are doing because, you know, Corona's, I think it's gone. I think, I, I don't know if, <laughs> <laughs> I think the media decided it just, it's gone now. I posted a meme. You'll love it. I don't know if you saw it. It's a, it's a picture of a car taking off and someone getting dropped out the side of the car. And the car is the media and, and the corona is thrown out is coronavirus <laughs> because that's what's happened, guys. Look, 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 let's let's just do this. test. We're getting an amazing experiment right now. OK, let's see after all these thousands of people from all over the different states it tends to be blue states for some reason. I don't know why. But anyways, <laughs> all these different states. Um, let's see if there's now a massive mortality rate due to the virus 
or a massive uptick in cases because of the fact that people have been bleeding and sweating together over these past few nights as they're burning and looting the entire uh, you know country. Um, let's see how it goes. Let's just let's see how it plays out. Now, no doubt the media will try to spin something, but I have a feeling they already know that their whole narrative is starting to get absolutely demolished. And anybody that's spent any time looking at it will realize that it's dead in the water. They're moving on now. They're moving on to what they, they're basically picking up where they left off because right before this outbreak, don't forget, we were going through the whole debates about the feminism and the race wars and class wars and we we're doing all the debates and bringing up all the arguments with you know Western civilization versus Marxism and global communism and all that. That's what, what the debates were all about. It was the rise of Jordan Peterson and so many other people bringing this content to the public and the debate to the public. Um, and everybody had their side. And then we all paused that argument and that political divide and conquer system for a second to get locked up in our homes because we're afraid of this virus. And now that that's starting to dwindle down, don't you find it coincidental that all of a sudden we're right back where we left off and not only right back where we left off, but now they've added Kindle to the fire because everybody's been locked up and pent up and worried and freaking out. And now they just gave them permission. Yeah, go start burning and looting shit. Don't you see that cop killed that guy? So it's blacks against whites, America. You're divided. Go to war and figure it out. And then I've even posted like videos of black comedians and people on the streets that are like, dude, we were peacefully protesting and they had a reason that's legitimate. My God, it was a horrible situation. I don't care what race you're from. I don't care who does it. Unlawful killings like that and deaths, it's horrible. It's a tragedy. There's a lot of details to that case that are not being reported, but I'll leave that aside for a second. But the very fact that the media fuels it by showing it over and over and over again. Look at the guy dying. Look at his face. Look at him crying. He's begging for his life. This cop, it's, it's this big it, it, racism is systemic in America. And it's all about this whole whites versus blacks thing. And, and, and yet you actually go and watch the footage and it's whites, blacks, Hispanics, people from different backgrounds cleaning up the streets after these rioters coming together. You got uh, them making armed, uh, armed walls. Blacks and whites standing together to protect the police officers who were being attacked. Do you see that footage? No. no. Do you see the footage of um, the people that were trying to blacks and whites protecting black business owners who were just trying to defend their shops who were getting looted from other black people or white people? Do you see that the vast majority of these Black Lives Matter people are white? They're not even black and they're, they're all wearing masks. There's a few questions that I have. And so I sit there and I go, who would want to start a race war right now? I mean, we're not that far away from the next election. And I know it's a very contentious political situation right now, but this has been used since Rome, guys. This is divide and conquer is the way that they do it. And what do they do? They stoke your emotionals. They stoke your team. It'd be like saying, yeah, it's like when a, when, when a football team loses and the entire city erupts in violence and chaos over a freaking game. What do you think they're going to do when you light the race match? That they're trying to divide you, and we're not divided, man. I'm here to tell you I'm not divided. I love my fellow man. I don't care what your skin color is. I don't care which gender you are. I don't care what you identify. I love you. You're human. I'm with you. But I just have a problem with liars and criminals. That's my problem. And I don't like when the media inflames these things to the level where they're really actually wait. They actually want America to burn. That's why they're showing you fake clips from World War Z on the news to make you think that that's, that's my favorite what's thing happening. that you've said all day long is that they're yeah. copy pasting uh, Brad Pitt and World War Z and they're passing it off as news. And that, that's exciting to me. 
that's yeah. And that proves it. Like, and just go, go check me on it. Go look at it. Um, but <laughs> we know the news does this. Come on. You can go yeah. back to Geraldo Rivera. You can go back to the weapons of mass destruction. They never found you can go back all kinds of examples, man. The media is enemy. Number one, number one. And right now, if I look at the media in Canada, that's the shit that makes me want to punch a hole through the screen. That's the shit that makes me, but, but I still, I, I sit there and I go, okay, you know what? The real answer is the Aikido way, the judo way, the jujitsu way. You don't directly confront force. You don't directly confront aggression because you could lose, especially if someone's stronger than you. The media is stronger than me. I've got a little podcast. There's nothing I could do. They could, they could sue me, take me through court. The courts are all corrupt. I could get thrown in jail for the rest of my life. They have more power than I do in that sense. But, but, but you can reverse it and you can reverse the attack upon the, the attacker. That's the whole art of martial arts. A smaller, um, weaker opponent can dismantle a stronger opponent by redirecting their attack and redirecting their energy. So I basically have the policy now where the media is doing such a good job. And I know I'm keeping it general. There are good journalists. There are good, you know, I'm just saying, you know oh, what I'm sure. talking about. The corrupt media, right? The corporate media. Um, they are falling on their own sword. These liars that are setting up all these protests, they're going to be proven right away. There's videos all over the place of um, there was this one that was just released in uh, I can't remember where it was, Chicago, I think. And it's this it's this God lover. It's this uh, beautiful black woman. She's like clearly a mother and she's coming out and she's chasing down this car. And in this car are a bunch of masked white people and she's handing them back bricks. And she's saying, she's scolding. She's like, why are you going down there giving bricks to all these black kids? Why are you giving them bricks? They're going to throw that shit. They're going to be in jail for the rest of their, they're going to kill somebody. Why are you doing this? Why are you inflaming it? She's just giving them crap because she caught them handing bricks and mortars and Molotovs or whatever to a bunch of, probably a group of teens or something. What do you think they're going to do with that? They don't watch the news. They're just like, yeah, chaos, anarchy, let's yeah. go. They're burning inside anyways, and she's giving them shit. And then you see uh, these black protesters at these Black Lives Matter events going, dude, we were here peacefully protesting. We don't want anything to do with violence. And then they're giving the looters and rioters shit for spray painting the Starbucks and burning down Walmart and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I saw so that. These... It's, it's getting exposed, man. And it's not going to be long before it's all going to be exposed to the world, what's been going on for the past three months, and I would say the last 200 years. That's coming soon. Stay tuned. Yeah, I think that that's I got goosebumps just hearing it outline all of that, because that's what I'm seeing and that's what I'm feeling in my spirit is that right now, um, you know, we started off this this conversation today talking about how I lived in this isolated reality of my own timeline on social media. And I, I'm kind of going back to that place in my head right now, because um, just in the last few days, you know, my girlfriend and I have have been poking our heads out of the timeline to make sure that we are seeing this correctly. Mm. And I think we are, um, because the, the people that we're talking to, people all over social media uh, who aren't in, you know, um, involved in any, any of this kind of research or anything like that, people that we talk to out around town because um, restaurants have opened up and stuff down here, so we can do that again. Uh, I've never seen a situation where so many people from so many different walks of life are aware of um, the the setup and the nonsense and the agendas that are being played out. And it's these riots have really been a big part of it is they were meant to divide everyone. And in, in, in some really crazy way, um, 
they have really, from what I'm seeing anyway, from my angle, they're, they're, they're unifying people. They are. You're right. They are, man. hundred percent. They're seeing, uh, they're seeing, like you said, you know, they, they've now have identified, um, down to the man, uh, the cop who was in the video with the umbre- umbrella over his head yep. and he had a mask on and he's all geared up and, and, and he, he's trying to look, look like a protester and he just has a hammer and he's just very, uh, you know, unemotionally without a whole lot yeah. of you know, conviction. He's just tapping these windows and knocking the windows out of like a discount tire store or something. And it's just, there's nothing in him that, that says I'm an angry protester. It's like, he's very business-like. He's just kind of like, let me go tap this window, break this glass, do this, do that. And they confront that guy. And if he was anything but what he was, which is a fucking fraudulent cop that was trying to, you know, uh, co-op. Provocateur. Whole, yeah, provo- an agent provocateur trying to do all this. If he was anything but that, he would have turned to the people who were confronting him, had a conversation, maybe pulled off his mask, maybe even gotten angry and tried to fight one of them because one of them was kind of trying to fight him. But this guy, this big, huge guy who was being provoked by this like 120-pound smaller guy who could tell he was a, an agent, he didn't want any of it. He just he, he just he wanted to get out of there as quickly as he could. Anyway, they have now identified that cop by name. His ex-wife called him out. Um, and he's, uh, you know, I don't know what will happen with him and all that, but, I mean, he was the guy who was, like, credited with starting the whole riot. Um, And like you said, they're like these little 18-year-old, you know, spoiled white kids running around with face masks on, spray painting Black Lives Matter on these stores. And then you got these, you know, young African-American people that are right there on video going, hey, this is white people shit. (laughs) We're not doing this. You know, exactly. y'all, like, y'all stop, please stop doing this. Stop spray painting this. You're, they're going to think it's black people that did it, and then we're going to get shot. And it's this whole thing. My girlfriend's black. Oh, she's mm. she's mixed, actually, which is a, a relevant thing in terms of race and that discussion. Something that we get into sometimes in the podcast. But, um, you know, for her, it's it's a, it's a unique thing watching these protests because being half black, being half white, you know, uh, and growing up in West Texas, um, she wasn't white enough for the white kids, right? And she wasn't black enough for the black kids. So she was fighting both sides of the people, hearing the arguments about why white people are terrible, hearing the arguments about why black people are terrible. And here she is in the middle as a little girl trying to figure out what's what. Um, well, it gives her a powerful perspective, though, that oh, I think a lot of people might not be able to have, you know? Well, no, definitely. We've been together for four and a half years now, and it's been a, it's been a tremendously eye-opening experience for me. Um being kind of just a country bumpkin white boy who didn't have a whole lot of a whole lot of culture in our area and then growing up going into the city and going on that whole thing to hear the perspective of of a of a mixed person you know especially someone you're intimately close with to hear that perspective um she's got a powerful testimony and we're we actually we're, we're going to do a podcast uh soon i think because of all of this racial stuff going on but um but you know, to to kind of bring it around, it's a unifying time um, because everybody has a cell phone. Everybody's seeing the bullshit that goes on, and uh, it do- nothing about this stuff feels authentic. You know, you go out there and there's just stacks of bricks in the middle of the street. Um, no one, no one seems to think like, oh, that's just like some random white people that went and did that. Everybody's going. Who who has the agenda and the, the the reason to go do that? 
you know? It's not just yeah. some like racist white guy setting up some black kids by dropping off some bricks in the middle of the street. Like this is an organized effort coming from higher up somewhere. Highly uh, organized. Highly organized. Um, Well-funded. Yeah. And I, I'm really, I honestly, anytime stuff like this happens, I always, I always cringe because I'm like, shit, here comes the racism. Here comes the division. Here comes everyone blaming the white people for doing this and then blaming the black people for doing this. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to, I don't want to go through that again. I haven't seen that, at least on my timeline and the people I'm talking to uh, in the real world and on social media. I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing a, a lot of people going, hold on, man. This is coming from somewhere else. This isn't yeah. me versus you because of our skin color on the streets. This feels a whole lot like us versus somebody else. And maybe I don't even know who that other entity or other party is yet. But I think you're right. I think this could be the year of clear vision where 2020 is going to give us all the hindsight and the foresight and the, the the presence of mind to see what we're doing and, and where we're at right now. Um, it might might end up being the year of, of total chaos. Um, what is it? The the out, out of order chaos. The um, the order ab chaos. <clears throat> order ab order ab order chaos. order out of chaos is the mo is the modus operandi really, and you're hitting on something really important, Adam. And uh, I just got to say in my I just can analyze myself, right? It's all I can really say. As I watched the riots outbreak and I started watching all the videos, I felt more empathy for my fellow human beings. I didn't feel less. I was enraged by what was going on, but I was enraged on behalf of people that aren't aware of what's going on. I wasn't enraged because I'm like, oh, look at those black people doing all this stuff to white people. I'm white. I'm on team white, so therefore I've got to be offended by it. Like, that's not how I think. I'm, I'm a person that I look at you know, the problem when we start making teams, so I believe, first of all, I'm the kind of person, I don't believe there's anything wrong at all with being proud of who you are, having a deep connection to your culture, to your race, to your people, whatever. I, That's human nature. You can't, you know, Blue Jays, Blue Jays, Eagles, whatever, like you can have that argument, but we can still get along and we can still work together towards the same principles in our society and our communities. We don't have to be divided and we can come together under these types of circumstances. In fact, all this stimulation of these, um, these, this tension and this chaos is, I think, the storm before the calm. Like, I think that it has to happen. It's like when you do a cleanse, you've had all this toxicity in your body building up. That cleanse, the initial stages of the cleanse are pretty brutal because that's when you're, you know, you're on the can all the time and it's yeah. not too pretty and it's not very comfortable. But then on the other side of it, you feel better because you've, you've unloaded all those toxic materials out of your body. And that's necessary. I can also think as a martial artist and an athlete, the times that I jumped, like so that, you know, you make incremental improvements over time, but there's times when you jump. And the times that I jump in my progress was when I had challenge put on me that wasn't in my normal training schedule. Mm. So like I typically have my normal training schedule. I, uh, my mind is like, I'm expecting to be, you know, I'll be, I'm going to be in a little bit of discomfort, a little bit of pain. And I'm, I'm sparring with this guy today and he's pretty good. He's going to challenge me, but uh, you know, nothing out of the norm ordinary. And that's just maintenance mode. But then you go up against somebody that starts throwing you all over the place and choking the shit out of you and kicking you every day. And it's just like beating you everywhere. And you're just like, Whoa, and then the next guy that comes in, oh, it's same thing. And you're just like, was it me? Was it that I totally met my match? What is this? And instead of me, I learned over time, instead of fighting with yourself and go, oh, kicking yourself, damn, I could have done better. Why am I having a rough day in the gym? 
you realize, no, that's the, that's the moment before a big jump in your progress. And it was when I was put under tremendous pressure that I grew the most. I can tell you that about my business, my business life. I've worked with different businesses. I've started multiple businesses. I run multiple businesses. Thank God. Cause if I would have stayed with just my martial art business, I would have been screwed right now. Um, but Ouch. I kind of have, yeah, and, and it is, it's, it sucks, but Hey, we're good. Um, but I can tell tell you that the biggest explosions in my business, which to me is just feedback from the customers that I'm trying to serve with my products that like it enough to give money for the product and do the service exchange, which means I'm, my integrity is growing. My value is increasing. My ability to do my job is getting better because people are responding positively to it. People are feeling like it's a fair exchange of value for value when they work with me. Those are all positive signs. And when I saw that happen in my business, my business exploded and then it hits a plateau and you just maintain, you know, and then it explodes. It always is precipitated by chaos and by uncomfortable being uncomfortable and being pushed and having pressure put against you um so i always use that analogy of the of the katana sword or if you're forging any blade you know we were doing this analysis in lord of the rings where we were talking about the term sword metaphorically can also mean sacred word meaning mm. it's the sword of your mind right so the tempering that takes place with the sword especially the way the japanese do it which is thousands of year old practice of taking this metal and folding it thousands of times and beating it in the fire and again and again and again to make the perfect blade. One of the most sophisticated, you know, sword creations in, in history. And you see that it's, it's built to be slightly flexible so it doesn't just shatter, but also hard as a rock and sharp as, as possibly can be. You get all those combinations together by doing that process of throwing it in the fire and pounding the shit out of it. So right now, humanity is being thrown into the fire and getting the shit pounded out of them to wake them up. So this isn't a place to be pessimistic and, and depressed. This is a time to give yourself the chance to be strong, recognize how great you are and the great reservoir of strength that you have inside of you that you've never even known that existed because you didn't challenge yourself to the point that you needed to in order to activate that strength. The only time you bring strength forward is when it's needed, like all those mothers that can lift entire cars off their kid on the side of the road and people that can do superhuman level things when the right moment shows up, when the right challenge shows up. So that's what I think we're going through, man. That's what this is all about. They're trying to create division. We're saying, no, we'd rather work with true unity and, and protect freedom and, 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 all these, and, and protect human rights and do all that. We're not going to fall for the lies anymore. And when I see that reaction, man, that gives me hope. When I get the messages I get from people all over the world, that gives me hope. When I talk to people like you, that gives me hope because it just means we are winning slowly, slowly by slowly. And we can never, I mean, I don't expect, I'm not one of those utopians that thinks, oh, when, once the storm passes, it's just going to be perfect. It's just going to be better if we can get through it. And it'll be, there'll be another challenge we're going to have to face. It never stops. That's why you're here. Earth is the school of hard knocks. You're not here to just sit on the beach and chill out and just live in hedonism for your entire existence. You're here to live a life of challenge that's gonna make you stronger so that you can give more feedback to the great intelligence that runs this whole show. I wonder what the uh, what the what the next couple weeks are gonna look like. Sometimes it's fun to <laughs> speculate, you know. Yeah. Um, I need to go back and listen to the last show that you and I did and figure and, and see what we what we said in there. I don't remember much of, of what we talked about. I know that we were oh, no pr idea. making some pretty bleak projections about this whole, whole Corona thing, but I don't think 
Yeah, we were so young then and so naive. <laughs> we were three months ago. We were so young. <laughs> we had, <laughs> so much has changed the last three the months, man. Changed. I never would have thought. I never would have thought. I never would have thought. Um, I had some suspicions it was going to get crazy. Yeah. I have some suspicions that we're going to have a little bit of downtime after these protests through the summer. Um, and then the fall is going to be some other big, big hits. Um, that's what the weather forecast is from all the different people I've been bringing on from different backgrounds. I've been interviewing people from astrologers to hardcore scientifically minded people to people that just do the research to people that just are speculating. And everybody has that feeling that there's going to be, um, a, you know, a, a, an up and down period in the summer. We're going to start loosening things up a little bit and then fall. There's going to be some bigger things that are going to happen. Um, I think those bigger things are going to be on the backs of major revelations that the public is going to start to receive en masse about certain things. I think we're already seeing it. Um, and this, is a, this isn't just because of, oh, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a crystal ball. This is just my instinct based on how many people that I know that are contacting me that never used to be into any of this stuff that are like, Dave, I watched that. And oh, my God, what's going on? You got to catch me up. What's happening? That means that people are curious. And they're, they're not trusting the media and they want to learn the bigger picture. So just that alone, if any one of these little cracks in the glass ceiling gets exposed and starts to break, the whole thing's going to start to come down like a domino effect. That's for us. That's positive because we want to see the truth We're, we want to see what's going on and we want to learn what's really been happening. But for a lot of people, that's going to be very traumatic. So there's going to be a, I think a mixed bag of back and forth. Um, we are literally in at, in war right now. We're literally it's a war of consciousness and it's a war of information. It's a war about truth versus lies. And it's a war about uh, fear versus strength. You know, ultimately, um, if people want to flatten the curve, the, the curve that needs to be flattened is the curve of the virus of fear and paranoia and depression and 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 believing lies and being naive. That's the that's the real virus. Um, and I think people are catching on. I think we're going to see a lot more people just saying, screw it. I'm opening up my business and I'm doing it my way. And who, you know, we're, we're done this. We've, we've tried this. It didn't work. There's more, more bad consequences than there are good consequences. Um, I'm not falling into the race war. I'm not taking the race bait. I'm not going to get divided right now. I'm going to look to connect to people that, uh, uh, that want to know what's happening and want to have real solutions and want to build a positive community. Uh, and I'm going to go back to nature and connect to my real soul. I'm going to read good books. I'm going to watch good films. I'm going to talk to good people. I'm going to think positive thoughts. And I'm also not going to avoid the truth. I'm not going to run away from it and hide from it. This is the combination for success. And there's millions of people around the world that are waking up to it. So that gives me hope. A message of hope. Let's end it on that. Let's end it on a message of hope. I'm down with that, brother. You know, because it's uh, it's it's such a tough time, and there, there's so much fear coming from so many different angles. And I think a lot of people just don't have uh, the perspective, and they don't have the resources. And some of that, those resources are in terms of just awareness, right, of the world. Like I'm not even aware enough to know that I could turn off CNN and go turn on DW Truth Warrior Instagram channel. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, but you can do that. Uh, so this message to to our audience because if you're if you're checking out david's channel if you're checking out our channel then there's some there's some innate awareness that's there go be a um a, a minister of of faith and goodwill and positivity to your neighbors to your friends to your family go go out and 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 spread this kind of stuff to people right and i'm not trying to just 
you know, get you to go proselytize for this podcast. But send send David's stuff to people. Talk to your mom or your grandma who might be scared. Help put them at ease. And don't do it in a combative way. Talk to, you know, my dad's not a conspiracy theory guy. Um, I have to I have to change the way I talk when I talk to him if I want him to take me seriously, yeah. right? And just be there to comfort people, comfort them with with truth, um, because in, in the truth will is almost always in, in the broad sense of humanity, the truth is always more uplifting than the lies that we're being fed, right? If that weren't the case, then the human the human race wouldn't exist anymore. As far as big existential stuff. Uh, the truth is always a little bit less bleak than what the news is telling you. So just be there. Be there. Be that light. Be that lighthouse for people. Um, it's a weird time, but we can make it really cool if we handle it right. And uh, go check out all of David's stuff. David, uh, tell him again where to find you everywhere. Uh, yeah, that's beautiful, man. I uh, You can hit me up at DW Truth Warrior. That's my handle on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can find me. I have a Way of the Truth Warrior page on Facebook um, and on YouTube. You can find me there as well. Um, I will be doing a lot more shows. I got some interesting stuff coming up. I'm uh, going to be talking. I'm, I'm doing my own personal research project right now on the whole QAnon phenomena. Uh, diving into that. I've been looking into that for a while. And so I'm going to be bringing some people on and sharing some ideas about it because I'm just a curious person. I don't know all the time what's what, what's true. Sometimes you just have to go through it. And that's what I always say to people is, you know, the process of discovering the truth is not easy. It's not something that you can just, you know, oh, I saw that thing. I read that book and now I know all the truth. No, it's, it's a process of actually having to go through the jungle of lies. And so you got to put all the puzzle pieces on the table. You got to keep rearranging it. And think about it. When you do a puzzle, do you just magically put all the pieces perfectly together the first time? No. It's a sorting process. You sit there. You think about it over a few days. You know, you build the edges first. So that's all I've been trying to do on my channel. Um, again, I just always put that disclaimer out there that I am not sitting here telling you that I have all the truth. If I do anything or if I present my opinions or even when I show my biases and I show my weaknesses, um, the whole project is about trying to inspire people to think for themselves. You are strong enough to think for yourself. You're intelligent enough to think for yourself. And you're courageous enough to give yourself a chance to be strong. So those that's the main message. Whether you agree with everything I present or not, that's not the point. Um, this is an inquiry. This is an investigation. It's ongoing. And I encourage you to become a part of it. I encourage you to get out there. You don't have to go scream in a microphone like me. You can just, you know, learn for yourself, talk to your neighbors, and let's, yeah, I agree with you. Let's bring community and family back together. We've all been divided, literally physically divided. Mm -hmm. Let's bring it back together. Um, if you want to follow the guidelines, fine, go ahead. But let's try to get even just on a consciousness level, let's try to connect to our fellow human again because we're being divided. And let's also, you know, connect to nature and connect to the deepest parts of yourself uh, that are actually holding you back and are the source of your fear. The fear is not coming from the outside world. That's just information that you're pouring into your mind. Danger is real. All kinds of things happen. Bad things happen. Good things happen. The fear starts inside of you. So that means the solution to the fear starts inside of you. So that's all I'm trying to really present as well as the very best shot that I can at this information in this very convoluted, messed up, tangled web of information we have to go through. But I enjoy it. I'm passionate about it. And I've really enjoyed uh, chatting with you about it here, Adam. You're doing a great job, man. Thank you. Appreciate you, man, so much. Um, it's always it's always a pleasure getting to share space with you and share energy. And, um, you know, I always want to endorse everyone adequately. And David is someone who I endorse 
um, completely as a as a guy, as a father, as a, as a martial artist, as an entrepreneur, oh, um, as someone who presents good information that I believe comes from um, that's guided by by the absolute best of intentions uh, yeah. from a guy who's intellectual enough and, and discerning enough to make those kind of kinds of calls. And so that's um that's about the highest endorsement I can give a person who's presenting information to people. So. Um, you guys go make sure that you're that you're showing him some love and, and and do yourself a favor and check out his work because there's a lot of cool stuff there. And um, I want to take I'm going to take literally two to five minutes uh, with David for anyone who's interested, and we're going to give him a, a preview, a second preview of what's eventually going to happen whenever we 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 have the space to talk about the stuff that we really nerd out about, right? Uh, we love talking about the occult and the esoteric. We love talking about uh, the the hidden history of humanity and the hidden origins of, of the human story and of ancient civilizations and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Atlantis and the bloodlines that came out of that and the religions that came out of that and the mythology that spawned from global cataclysms that changed the way that the earth operates. And um, all that stuff is like a... It's a, it's a what's it called, a, a, a guilty obsession or a guilty pleasure or whatever for me. But that stuff also has uh, a lot of relevance in, David talks about putting together a puzzle with the edges first, right? Understanding yeah. the ancient civilizations piece and understanding global cataclysms and how those things work through cycles of nature and history. That's kind of like putting the edges on the puzzle first, understanding all of that stuff. And, uh, you could start up on the current events, start connecting those dots, and that's kind of like putting the middle of the puzzle together. That's the little picture in the middle of the puzzle. But the further you get out toward the edges, the more you see the big picture, the more you see all the dots connect, the more you realize that ancient Egypt and Atlantis and the ancient Greeks and the influence of all these people from you know all this stuff, it's all tied together. Our architecture, our measurement systems, the cults that run the world today, the, the, the hat that the Pope wears, <laughs> this stuff mm. is all... It's all connected. Are you ready to are you ready to have that conversation here soon, man? Whenever like all the chaos dies down, can we finally fucking have a, a fun conversation? Yeah, let's do it. I'll plan that for sure and we can do it anytime. I mean, uh, I I've got scores of notes and stuff on that. Um so yeah, let me know when you want to do it and we'll set it up. We'll do it. Yeah, I just I couldn't I couldn't overstep this opportunity to get back with you and circle back on all of this corona stuff and um, all the racial tension stuff and the rioting and everything. I had to I had to talk to you because I see you putting out the good info, just like steady stream. Um, but here soon, <laughs> one of these days, we're going to have a really fun uh, deep dive into the occult and the esoteric, and I'm looking forward to that, man. But in the meantime, keep doing what you're doing, by all means. Thank you so much oh, for all you. of that. Um, so for everybody out there listening, on behalf of Adam and David from Wayfinder and the DW Truth Warrior uh, podcast, thank you guys so much for joining us. Make sure that you go like, share, subscribe, hunt this stuff down on every platform that you can. Our show is easiest to find at wayfinderpodcast.com. We've got your main portal there for all the different links you can go to. YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, the online store coming up soon. We'll keep you guys posted on that. A lot of um, awesome custom clothing that we've put a lot of uh, a lot of thought into the the design of this stuff uh, arts and crafts and all the all the hippie shit that we like to do to pass around good vibes to everybody and try to share those share the, that that love and that energy with all of you guys so that'll be coming soon other than that man um 
leave us leave us ratings and comments and stuff and let us know if you have questions if you have feedback for us let us know if we're doing if we're doing good and what we could do better if there's anything in particular that helped you in your life uh share it with someone else who might be able to to benefit from that stuff because that's really what this is all about so on that note guys may the light be upon you may peace be within you may you be a son on the paths of all men peace out there we go man Awesome. Well done, man. And uh, loved your breakdown there of the puzzle piece. It was good. I think we finished on a good note. So that was beautiful. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, dude, you're such a you're such a fucking <laughs> maniac. I love it. I just, <laughs> I, um, I, I am I, indeed. I love your I love your energy. I love I mean, I, I just yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I love what you do, man. I love your energy. You're a good man, good person and a lot of fun to talk to and just lots of good high energy and uh you know Same it's, here, man. thank you yeah man it's it's cool when you when you meet someone and and uh in this sort of conscious whatever space you know there's people all over the place right yep and there's people who are obsessed with 5g and they did hide in their basement every day in a tinfoil hat because that's where they're at you know and then there's but anyway, there's this, there's like this tiny little niche and it's so small that I don't even know if it's a niche or it's just a pocket of a couple of dudes, but it, there's martial arts, there's ancient civilizations, there's the occult, there's current events, you know what I mean? There's like mysticism and it's, it's, it's this little tiny niche amidst yeah. all of the, all of the massive spongy substrate that makes up the conscious community. And um, it's just really, it's really cool to share space with you, man. It does, does my, oh. does my spirit a lot of good. Well, same here. And I really enjoyed the chat and thanks for giving me the platform. And um, yeah, I look forward to doing a deep dive and maybe we can, we can think of a good uh, pathway in order to not deviate too much in a, in a chat like that about the occult and ancient history. We can sort of like maybe sketch out this is how we're going to take people through this step by step. I don't know. Do you have the ability to show like slides or anything like that? Yeah, I could do that. I could do yeah. that when we, I would like to figure out how to do it better. I did it the other day on a podcast and it didn't come out good. Mm. Um, but we can do it. I will figure out how to do it. Uh, it's so not mandatory. Like if it, we don't have to like, it's, it's, I can totally do it without, it's not a big deal. Sometimes though, if you can get a PowerPoint in there, um, it just helps with the visuals but um, it's not like there's a billion ways we could do it. But yeah, just let me know and we can put something sick together. Yeah, I'd really like to. I've got um, another, funny enough, uh, a buddy I've made um, who reached out to me through the Instagram thing. He's a, he's written a couple of books. His name is Nevin Parr. And uh, he's, he's, a, he's a sweet freaking goofball. Um, he needs to get out and fucking exercise. But uh, he's up in Canada and uh, I met him like right after you and I, I think right, or no, it was like two weeks before you and I did our, our thing. So it's been pretty recent, like three or four months ago. But I just fell in love with this guy. He's such a sweetheart. But um, he uh, he wrote a book. It's like fucking seven, 800 pages long. And it's called uh, The Magus, The Kundalini, and The Golden Dawn. And like you open this thing up and it's got everything from all the, the tarot. It's it's like something Tessarian would, would write but from a much um, more simplistic beginner's guide of like Tessarian right. shit, you know? Right. Yeah. 
Um, but it's something that like my, I've got a smart 14 year old kid. He's been reading it. He's like, oh my God, this answers so many questions. It talks about all oh, the, wow. the Zodiac, the Tarot, the Kundalini, the chakras, yeah. all the different gods of different mythologies, how it all ties together. Anyway, it's fucking amazing. So I've been doing a series with Nevin. I have no idea what it's gonna look like, um, but we've got like 10 hours of, of podcast, you know, done that we're everywhere. We're all over the place. And when I was doing it with him in the beginning, I thought of you, and I was thinking like we talked about giants, we talked about, you know, the, the we talked about giants and angels and ETs, and he's one of those sort of ancient aliens people, which I don't know where you stand on that. I'm, I'm, I'm on the show, so I'm there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I have a unique take on it, though. But well, yeah, get into that. I love, yeah, and I love the unique take on it. Um, I, uh, I just got lots of questions about it, you know. Um, but anyway. Uh, I think it would be cool to to piece together, you know, maybe we do like, I'll do an episode of, uh, it's just on ancient aliens type stuff. And then I've got bits and pieces of conversation with you, bits and pieces of conversations with him and just you doing a monologue, him doing a monologue, this other person, this other person, just essentially like ancient aliens does. But I'd like to do that with, all of my whole body of work that I'm interested in, which is, you know, Kundalini and chakras and Eastern mysticism and Atlantis and all of this stuff. When I was like seven years old and I read this mystery series, I've, I've told you about this before, but I read this series of books. I found it at my dad's you know, book bookshelf and it was all this occult stuff and shamanism and witchcraft and um, Freemasonry and secret societies and all this stuff. But that, that's basically what you and I do for a living now. I mean, that's basically the, mm. that whole book series, that whole realm of study is sort of the lens that you and I both see yep. the whole world through. It's what Tessarian does, you know? And I would, there's not really an ancient aliens out there that I'm aware of that, like a, a documentary series that does all of that shit. No, and even the show, like, when they interview me, they'll sit me down for like six, seven hours and I'll just blast them with all yeah. kinds of stuff. And then they chop it up and they put like little 30 second clips here, one minute clips there. Um, and that's just cause that's TV. But yeah. you, what's good about doing that is that you can get that little PG rated version out to the public and then they see who you are and then they come and check out your own right. stuff. So that's what I've been trying to produce more. Like there was one episode of the show unexplained that I'm in. Um, where they did it on occults and we went to the cults of the, the museum of death in LA and we did a whole thing there. And it was just a quick little, you know, easy to understand history of these cults that were growing up in different places in the world. And what was cool about that is I was also producing this four part monster series where every episode is like three or four hours long, just on cults. And so it's cool to have long form. That's why I love long form comment or content because you know, usually when you go on podcasts or usually when you go on television, you just get little clips of what you, you're into and you're hoping to just speak to people so that they come and check out your work. So you have the right idea. And I would totally be down to do that if you want to do a series of shows and go, hey, today we're talking about ancient aliens. Tomorrow we're talking about ancient Egypt. And if you want to get into conspiracy, Egypt's a freaking amazing place to start. You want to get into the history of religion and the Bible and the whole thing there. And you want to get into, uh, you know, we can kind of those subjects are subjects that I've always been passionate about, and I've I've cross referenced them when I'm looking at things right now. But right now I've been tunnel vision focused on current events, right? Yeah. But to go back into that is healthy for me too. So 
Um, give me maybe let's do like, let's break it up into four parts to start and do four different sections and then just see how that goes and then go, oh, you know, we could do it. Cause I find once you start something, usually you get better ideas as you go and, yeah. um, we can produce it like that. And then, um, as long as if I can, you put it up on your show, I won't release the episodes on my channel, but I might just take clips of it to like advertise it, yeah. you know, or put it into other presentations. And, um, and then it works for me too, because your show will bring new people to my show. And so I, I totally don't mind doing that. Yeah. I think that, I think that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. I mean, that's just, that's something that I'm eventually that has to be a part of my body of work is to create something like that or to be a part of it. I mean, because it's, um, that book series changed everything for me or at seven years old, I guess there wasn't much to change, but it, it, it laid a foundation for a seven year old kid that would turn me into, you know, every, every book I read from seven years old on from that point forward was in some way associated with the supernatural or the occult or whatever. It just activated something in you. Yeah. Just a quick question, Adam. What's your blood type? If you don't mind, I know it's personal, but what's your know. blood type? You don't know? I don't know. Okay. I'm wondering if you're RH negative or O negative or something. Cause I find, I ask people that because people that are interested in paranormal, the occult, uh, the big picture, they're, they're very curious minded people. They're not afraid to ask questions. They're not afraid to think in different ways. I honestly, I've, I found that there's, it's interesting how it seems to be certain blood types of people. I don't know if that's, I'm trying to see if that plays out, if that, if, but it just seems like the people who are, there are people who kind of get dragged into it, kicking and screaming. Yeah. And there are people to whom it's very natural. And so I always wonder like, does this go back to race memory? Well, I think it's are funny. We, I think it's know? funny that you're looking at that kind of stuff because that's the kind of stuff I look at. Like I want to, yeah. I want to know how people's like sense of humor ties to their sexuality. And how like their politi right. how their political beliefs tie into like the different kinds of music that they like, you know, like Total, that's, that's that a smart way to look at it. That everything in my whole life has been like that, you know. Like I, I yeah. think I was in high school and I noticed that the girls that put out the most were the ones that had a really eclectic music taste in music. Mm. Kind of a vulgar way of looking at it in, in, yeah. in hindsight, but it's as true. a sixteen year old kid, I was like, man, the girls that like they're kind of easy, like they listen to a lot of different kinds of music. And then I noticed that they were also the girls that usually had like a really good sense of humor. And I was like, oh, there's like a tie between sense of humor and eclectic music taste and sexuality. And then in adult life that continued to play out. And then there was all this other shit. And, you know, then it's like blood types and, and, um, interest in the occult. Like that's, that's there's patterns everywhere. There's patterns there's everywhere. Patterns. And I mean, I don't want to overly patternize everything, but I think it's helpful and I'm curious and I think it's good to be curious. Like that's what I've, I'm just a curious motherfucker. That's, that's it, what dude. it is. And I've been curious since I was a kid. There was a moment, see my parents raised me in a very fundamentalist Christian upbringing, very strict, very Baptist, you know, hardcore, um, you know, the hellfire damnation shit, yeah. the guilt and trauma shit. And my, and they, they did it cause they thought that it was best. Sure. But, um, I, I don't, I, the question is why did my brother go with that and not question it ever? And why did I immediately question it, question it the entire time and actually get inspired to go on a lifelong research of comparative religion and mythology and the occult? Like uh, it's it's like and then I remember this moment when I was probably about nine or ten and I just remember looking up at the stars and because I was trying to find out what's God. What is that? What are they talking about? Why does why is he going to judge me and put me in hell and all this? And then I just remember going, well, instead of reading this book or talking to these people, I'm just going to talk to the sky. And so I just started like forming a relationship with the sky. And I would just, ever since I was a kid, and every time I looked up at the sky and started just talking out loud, uh, whatever the fuck's listening up there, I just felt 
a resonance in me. I just felt something good about it. And then I started talking to the ocean and I started, you could think it's crazy, but I just, I just kind of went like, it was me formulating my own, um, relationship with this pursuit of knowledge. It was me forming a relationship of the fundamental philosophical questions of life. Who am I? Where am I? Why am I here? What the hell kind of world is this? Uh, you know, what is up? And when I, when I started doing that, it gave me the strength to be able to listen to someone's opinion, listen to a, some information or a presentation from an expert or whatever, and still be able to sit back and go, I'm an observer here. I'm not just getting downloaded and becoming recruited. Right. I'm actually just sitting back and observing. Um, like, so that's how I look at it. And that curiosity never left me. I, I wasn't traditionally raised to the school system. I don't even have a high school diploma. I didn't got, I'm, I gave myself an education that I just, I'm super proud of. I've invested thousands and thousands of dollars into it. I've traveled all over the world. I've gone to conferences. I've done interviewed everybody you can imagine. I've read gazillions of books and I'm grateful that my education was mine. Yeah. And that's a gift I gave myself. So what I present and the way I present it and who I am, I'm proud that I'm, it was self-made. I sell, I created it for myself. I wasn't given this. I created it with the help of all these amazing mentors in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm still of the humble opinion that I still know very little. Like there's the more I dive into these subjects and I hope what we can do with this series idea is introduce the concept to people that this is just a little fraction of what we know this is just a little this is what wasn't burned and sequestered in history right this is what's left over and look what we can show you we can yeah. show you enough to provide reasonable doubt in what you were taught in school now let's try to go and crack it further and explore it more and when you realize that you go man i i now know what i don't know and that's humbling and that's like that's what keeps me going so i hope that you know i'm gonna be i'm 38 now i told my wife by 40 I want to be in my intellectual prime and I want to be on a tear and I'm going to do this until I'm dead. And you know, it's a, it's a roller coaster that I'm happy to to continue to share and be on and meet people like yourself and other people that want to know too. And so when I see people that are curious, I'm, I'm like, yes, we don't all have to agree. We just have yeah, to yeah. keep the curiosity. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Insatiably so, curious, man. I've always yes. been that way. And, uh, you know, you said it earlier, like you've been kind of laser focused on the current events and it's healthy for you to get back into the ancient civilizations and stuff. Let me just look you dead in the face and tell you right now, you really, really, really are correct about that. And you need to take time to get into the ancient civilization stuff. Um, I'll be a little bit presumptuous and pretend I know you better than I do, but, uh, there's some reflection of me and you and vice versa. Um, it, it was so nourishing. I put down the ancient civilization stuff for fucking, for a long time, dude. Months and months and months, maybe maybe even a couple of years. I can't remember. And finally just picked up Manly P. Hall again after all that time, three months ago, uh, at the beginning of quarantine. I, I, mm -hmm. I started getting back into his lectures, and um, it does something to our brain, dude. It does something to our brain to, to, to sit and contemplate history. Yes. Especially with the, with the 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 breadth, not just the depth, but the breadth of understanding that you and I have, because we're thinking about cosmology, geology, mythology, you know, uh, philosophy, um, all of these things, and we're piecing together uh, this image of what happened in four dimensions of time and space throughout history and and all the way up to the present, right? 
this tribe moved from here to here and that caused their religions to diffuse down to here and then there was a cataclysm here and Rome fell and this you know it's like there's yeah all of this going on and it does something in in my brain and I'm I'm sure that it does it for other people too but it's therapeutic is all I'm trying to say it's therapeutic and it's um it's extremely for me at least it 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 drives creativity in a way that nothing else does i mean i've written more music in quarantine as a direct result of like getting more into this like ancient civilizations and mythologies and all that kind of stuff again and i forgot that every time i do it i won't forget it this time but every time i i get out of the mythology and get out of all of the studying the zodiac and get out of that my creativity wanes it's true and then true. and then as soon as i start in, introducing astrology and and astro theology and all of michael's stuff and manly p hall and all that back in creativity flows out and not just creativity but you know like i said it's it's good to balance out the it's hard not to be frustrated and like all that stuff whenever you're just constantly looking at the current event stuff so just do yourself that favor man I'll, I'll, at, at my prescription is just go Go crack open. If you're going to spend eight hours a day on the current event stuff, just spend one hour a day. Do yourself that treat at the end of the evening and end yourself on a on Velikovsky or something something exciting and fun. And You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, I appreciate that, and it's true. And that that's actually one of the reasons why I did the Lord of the Rings series on my channel. Which was, was cool, that, by the way. I caught one of those. Yeah, yeah, with Laura Lee because um, I, I knew instinctively I'm like, okay, we have to give context to people and we need to give, we need to activate the myth in people again. That's yeah. what you're talking about. The logos, the, the, the yes. curiosity, the connection to the past. Um, and if you do that while looking at the current events, the current events make sense. If you don't, you're kind of lost because yeah. you don't have an anchor. So it's right. And now we've done two shows on current events. We jump back into history when people go back and listen to the two current event shows, they're going to get way more revelations out of it. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. So I will take your prescription, Adam. I appreciate it, brother. And uh, I'm going to have to jet, go yeah, get man. some food or whatever. But uh, thanks for the show. Let me know when it's up. I'll share it out there. And let's uh, we'll put some other dates together to get some ancient uh, esoteric stuff out to people. Awesome. Appreciate you, man. God bless. Take care. Same to you, brother. Cheers. Yep.